The following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Earthlings. This is Captain Smell So Good of the Starship Smelly Prize with my international co-host, Sayonai. And when we're not soaring through the cosmos looking for alien chicks, we're hanging out in the nuttiest head on and off the internet. That is the jackal head. Are we ready to blast off? You are about to enter a new dimension in sound. Raise your hands up You are listening to uh, His Highness the Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of radio. What the heck happened last night? Hang on to your hats because you're about to go on a heck of a ride through time, space, and the multiverse. How do I reach these kids? Atlanta, Georgia! Greensboro, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, Chicago, Tampa, Florida, Miami, Dallas, Texas. I don't care where the city is. How do I reach these kids? And with all the high-tech gizmos these days? The biggest trick the Jackal ever pulled was to convince the world that he doesn't exist. I reach these kids. The Jackal. You guys hear that? Isn't that just a beautiful piece of music? John Williams' gorgeous Superman score. We're never going to hear that again on the big screen, sadly enough. All the news that comes out of Superman's world these days is just negative and bad. And we have a lot to talk about today on Inside the Jackal's Head. A lot of news in the news within the last 24 hours dealing with the Man of Steel sequel. And I want to welcome everybody who is listening in. This is going to be a very impactful show. Some of you might cry a little. Some of you might laugh a little. Some of you might leave scratching your heads asking what? What the hell did I just listen to? What? But overall, I hope you are entertained tonight here on Inside the Jackal's Head. We're going to cover some news that is bizarre. Like... The news of Jesse Eisenberg playing Lex Luthor. I'm still trying to wrap my head around this and how I feel about uh, this casting. It, it really is just about the worst casting idea since Ben Affleck landed the role of Batman. Both bad ideas, but I don't know. It's It seems like it's getting worse and worse with this movie, so we're going to talk about that in a minute. A lot of news, like I said, in the world of entertainment. Real sad news. Philip Seymour Hoffman passed away yesterday um, at age 46. And uh, he passed away of uh, apparent heroin overdose. And uh, very sad news, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, perhaps the most Im- ambitious and widely admired American actor of his generation, who gave three-dimensional uh, nuance to a wide range of sidekicks, villains, and leading men on screen, and embraced some of the theater's most uh, burdensome roles in Broadway, died just today, Sunday, at the apart- at his apartment in the uh, Green- uh, Greenwich Village. Again, he was only 46 years old, and apparent death, or cause of death, again, heroin overdose. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who of course won the Oscars, or the Oscar, I should say, the Academy Award for Best Actor a few years ago for the uh, movie Capote, and um, an amazing actor. It's just, you know, it, it amazes me 
I'm 36 years old. Just turned 36 in December. I don't do any he- heavy drugs. I don't drink. I try to live uh, pretty healthy these days. I eat healthy or healthier. You know, I cut fast food out pretty much uh, altogether. Try to eat as much vegetables and fruits and stuff as possible. You know, a lot of greens, man. That's good for you. I I still don't get it how some somebody who is as rich, famous, and well known as this man can get caught up on heroin. You know, I understood back when River Phoenix died, maybe the information wasn't there, you know, there wasn't that many actors who had died at that point, I don't know. But, I mean, at this point, you would think that the message is loud and clear that heroin is a bad drug, man. So, uh, this should, you know, any other actor out there who is uh, using heroin needs to, like, seek help immediately. This is uh, an epidemic, it seems like every few years a, a really talented actor passes away uh, over this. And I don't know if it was just heroin. Maybe he was mixing heroin and other stuff. I know that uh, Chris Farley, when he passed away, was uh, doing speedball, which is a mix of heroin and cocaine. Same thing that River Phoenix passed away from. Same thing that John, um, John Belushi passed away from. I almost said James Belushi, which I think most people would say that they would switch that death. <clears throat> James Belushi, John Belushi. Anyway, uh, here's actually an audio clip of uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman winning the Oscar for uh, for the movie Capote. Check this out. And this is Oscar. The Oscar goes to Philip Seymour Hoffman in Capote. This is the first Academy Award and nomination for Philip Seymour Hoffman. His big screen break was in Boogie Nights. During his 36 days filming Capote, even in between shots and during breaks, Hoffman tried to stay in character vocally and physically. um, Wow, I'm in a a category with some great, great, great actors. Uh, Fantastic actors. And and I'm overwhelmed. Uh, I'm really overwhelmed. Um... I would like to thank Bill Vince and Caroline Barron and uh, Danny Rosette. Uh, the film wouldn't have happened without them. I'd like to thank uh, Sarah Fargo. I'd like to thank Sarah Murphy. I'd like to thank Emily Ziff, my friends, my friends, my friends. Uh, I'd like to thank Bennett Miller and Danny Futterman, who I love, I love, I love, I love, I love. Uh, you know the Van Morrison song, I love, I love, I love, and he keeps repeating it like that. Um, and um, and I'd like to thank Tom Bernard and uh, Michael Barker. Thank you so much. And uh, and my, my, my mom's name is Marilyn O'Connor, and she's here tonight. And uh, I'd like, if you see her tonight, to congratulate her. Uh, because uh, she brought up four kids alone, and, uh, and she deserves a congratulations for that. And um, <laughs> uh, we're at the party, Ma, you know. Um, and uh, she took me to my first play, and she stayed up with me and watched the NCAA uh, Final Four. And uh, my passions, her passions became my passions. And, uh, you know, be proud, Mom, because I'm proud of you. And we're here to- so there you go. That's uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. 
uh, giving his acceptance speech for the best actor for his Oscar for the movie Capote. Uh, again, a tragic, uh, tragic event. I mean, he's a, he was a great, great actor. But, uh, you know, again, it's hard to feel sorry for a guy like this who uh, puts heroin in his body uh, for years, has family, has a kid, and he still puts his junk in his body. I mean, how much did he care about his family and his kids when he's putting that stuff in his body? You know, and I know it's a little soon. I know some people are upset already because they're like, oh, Jack will come on. It's a little too soon, man. And I don't mean to be a, a jerk about it, but, I, you know, it's hard to be, feel sorry for anybody who puts heroin in his body, who has injected himself with heroin. This is not like a dude smoking pot. You're not going to die if you smoke a little pot. It's heroin. You know, I didn't feel too sorry when River Phoenix passed away, and uh, he was a good actor, too. Chris Farley loved his movies. When I heard what he died of, I was like, you know what? Dumb bastard. That's what happened to Chris Farley. You're a dumb bastard. Look what happened to you. I mean, at some point, you would think when you have this kind of fame, this kind of money, somebody's going to come up to you and be like, you know what? Uh, No. Give me the heroin. Give me the needles. Philip Seymour Hoffman, we're going to a drug rehab. And uh, we're going to get you, uh, you know, we're going to get you some help. How's that? Where are the, the, you know, all the, the, the people that hang around these actors, where, why isn't there ever one person who could actually help some of these actors? I know there's always the hang around or the, you know, the, the people that hang around and just uh, do it for the little side fame they get out of it or whatever money they can drain out of the accounts of the actors. But, you know, it, it would, I think, benefit you to look out for the best interest of this actor. If you have an actor friend who's a heroin addict, get him some help. Get him cleaned up. Keep him working. Keep him alive. I mean, it doesn't help you. So I don't understand why these actors are, you know, dropping dead like this over overdoses. Heath Ledger a few years ago overdosed, dead. Another very talented actor. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. And the crazy part about it is that it doesn't seem to end anytime soon. It's not going to ever end. Drugs are a problem in this country, obviously. Uh, prescription medication is a problem. You, you know, heroin is a problem. It, it's amazing how people have uh, such little self-esteem that they turn to these kind of drugs. Because that's really where this is. Because, uh, I mean, to, to start shooting up heroin, speedball, and all this crap... You really have to be at a certain level in your life where your self-esteem level is just not there, man. Not there. You, you really have to be at the low, low end of the self-esteem pole to start shooting up heroin. I mean, I, I can never see myself being that depressed that I'm putting, an, I'm putting a needle in my arm, I'm shooting up heroin, or I can never see that. But uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman... Rest in peace. You know, he again, a great actor, I guess. The saddest uh, part of this whole thing is we'll never get to see him play the Penguin. Huh? A lot of people wanted to see that. I I myself wanted to see him play the Penguin. I thought he would have been great for that role, but not going to happen. Not now, anyway. And uh, just uh, switching over and uh, segueing to something else. Uh, Super Bowl aired uh, tonight, and I uh, just wanted to get that over wanted to make sure it ended before I announced the score 43 to 8 royal ass whooping congratulations to my friends out in Seattle the Seahawks beat the Broncos in here but we got Tim on the line who just called in uh Tim you're live on inside the Jackals head what's up buddy hey how's it going how's it going man uh you want to talk about this uh Seymour uh Philip Seymour Hoffman death yeah you want to talk um, about Superman and Batman um yeah I would absolutely agree that um 
drugs is a serious problem uh, in this nation. Uh, this is an absolutely devastating loss. I mean, it's a terrible epidemic, but and it is a terrible loss, but at the same time, it's hard to feel sorry for a guy who's yeah, injecting I... heroin into his body, man. I mean, it's sickening. It's it's sad. I feel bad for his family, for his kid, you know, his wife. I feel bad for them, but it's hard to feel sorry for him. It yeah, really is, you know? I, I can get that. I mean, we've lost Heath Ledger because of this. We've lost Amy Winehouse because of this. Um, That's another one, Amy Winehouse. Where were her hangarounders, you know, the people that hung out and uh, tried to, to become uh, famous off of her fame, you know, the, 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 the sickle friends that usually hang around these celebrities? Wh you know, why wasn't one of those ever able to like tell hey, Amy why don't you get you know real help I know you made a song called rehab and you don't want to go into rehab but you know what maybe you should go into rehab because you're going to die if you don't like why why doesn't one of these people ever come in and help one of these celebrities I don't get it if I had a celebrity friend who was that bad and it was just a even a friend it doesn't have to be a celebrity just a friend who is shooting heroin and I know about it you know I, as a friend I'm going to say something I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I've never, um, I've never been around anybody who's done heroin. Uh, have you ever uh, been around anybody who's addicted to heroin? Um, uh, not really. Not a fun uh, topic, is it? But look, moving yeah. on. I was talking here about the Super Bowl. Uh, want to again uh, finish that off real quick? Uh, the Super Bowl, Seattle. Congratulations to everybody, in Seattle. I know a lot of people out in Seattle right now who are partying their ass off. Forty-three to eight. They demolished the Denver Broncos, um, and I don't know if you follow football at all, but what an ass whooping this was! Forty-three that, to eight. That was that was a blowout. <laughs> that wow. complete shutdown. Uh, Peyton Manning, uh, he might have to uh, start thinking about retirement pretty soon after this ass whooping. I don't know if he can come back from this, uh, but now. You know, there's some that I wanted to uh, talk about a little bit later with uh, the guest I'm going to have on at the uh, after the break, which is California guy who's going to be uh, joining us for an hour here, and uh, we're going to talk about the Jesse Eisenberg casting of Lex Luthor. Do you want to Do give uh, your two? Do you want to give your two cents on this uh, debacle before I go on tonight? Look, I'm not guy? really hating the project right now. It's just, but that's just, <laughs> I don't, I don't hate Jesse Eisenberg. But that's just not good casting. <laughs> it just isn't. Agreed. Overall, the casting has been shitty in this movie. And oh, there it goes five dollars in the swear jar. Yeah, but it's been bad. Let's leave it at that. It's been really bad casting. And uh, it's it doesn't seem like it's getting any better. Jesse Eisenberg, again, not a bad actor. You know, Social Network, decent movie. Uh, Zombieland, decent movie. Good movie, actually. I, I do dig Zombieland, but when I look at him, I always think of Michael Cera. Does that happen to you, too? They have similar body types. so Similar face, similar attitude. They're like twins, man. It's scary. Yeah. Just Eisenberg is... His career is a little more, I'd say, diversified than uh, Sarah's. This is my opinion. Huh? That's a good word. Well, Tim, uh, anything you want to talk about before? I, I got to get going here in a couple minutes, but anything uh, you want to talk about uh, else um, besides uh, Jesse Eisenberg? Because I know that it doesn't seem like you're too uh, thrilled with that topic. Yeah. Um, 
the Super Bowl commercials have been decent. Trailers have been uh, good, except for Transformers 4, because that was horrible. Um, uh, another positive, Mannequins of the Galaxy. They didn't have an ad, so that was another positive. Oh, you mean Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, but Mannequins right. of the Galaxy. Same similar yeah, well. title. I'm not. I, I don't know how big that movie's going to be, but I, you know, I didn't see much of the commercials. I've been going back and forth here in the studio, just getting ready for the show tonight, and because uh, this is kind of an impromptu show, I wasn't really scheduled to do one tonight. I didn't really have a a scheduled guest like I normally have. So me and California <laughs> guy were like, you know what? You'll be the guest on tonight. We'll talk right. a little bit about what's going on with Jesse Eisenberg and this casting, and we'll geek out a little bit. So he's going to join me in a few minutes here. Uh, I do have to take a break in a couple of minutes. But, Tim, thanks for calling in, buddy. If you want to call in later, uh, you're you know, welcome to uh, call back in and ask uh, anything with uh, Cali Guy on. All right. All right. Peace. Peace. And that was Tim. Well, I don't have to give the number out, but if anybody else does want to call in, 786-245-8127. You can look us up on Skype, PSN Radio. And uh, if you're listening, you're listening through Shotcast, uh, go to the chat room. It's uh, psn-radio.com, and you can check out the chat right under, the, right under the main player in the top of the page. It will say enter the chat here. So if you guys want to chat with us, you can enter the chat right there. It's very easy to get to. Again, psn-radio.com is the main website. And uh, again, when we come back from break in a few minutes, we're going to have California Guy joining us. And uh, we're, we're going to geek out a little bit tonight with this whole Jesse Eisenberg casting. You know, there's been a lot of memes already put on the Internet of Heisenberg. Brian Cranston, of course, was the online favorite. Brian Cranston, uh, for months, was online favorite, too. I get cast as uh, Lex Luthor. And the casting went to this uh, Jesse Heisenberg, or Jesse Eisenberg. So the, the the joke has already been said a billion times that the internet wanted Heisenberg, and they got Eisenberg. Pretty funny how that works, but uh, we're going to talk to California Guy about that. There is a couple other news uh, topics that I wanted to get to. Uh, you see, Oscar, speaking of Oscar winners that passed away in the last couple of days, man, Oscar-winning actor Maximilian Schell died at age 83. Now, he didn't die of a heroin overdose, though, but Austrian-born actor uh, Maximilian Schill, winner of an Academy Award for his portrayal of a defense lawyer in uh, Judgment of Nuremberg, had died. His uh, agent, Patricia uh, Bumberg, said uh, this Saturday he just passed away. Uh, he was 83, and her name was Patricia Bambure. Bamber. Anyway, Schill died at a hospital in uh, Innbrooks, Austria, with his wife, Eva, at his side, and... Uh, the uh, the agent said, uh, told uh, CNN that she was at his side. He was uh, suffering from long illness, from a long illness, she said. Uh, and uh, quoting here says, My mother was uh, Shell's agent for over 50 years, and when she died four years ago, uh, he remained with the agency. He was like a father to me and uh, knew me my entire life. Uh, Schill, one of the most successful German-speaking actors in English-language films, made his Hollywood debut in 1958 in the World War II film The Young Lions. According to IMDb, in his uh, second Hollywood role as defense attorney Hans Rolf in Stanley Kramer's classic Judgment at Nuremberg, he won the 1961 Academy Award for Best Actor uh, and actually beat out co-star Spencer Tracy for the Oscar, according to IMDb. He also earned a Golden Globe and uh, the New York Film Critics 
Circle Award for the role, uh, which brought him international acclaim. Chill uh, acting uh, eventually won him uh, two more Oscars, uh, two more Oscar nominations in 1976, the year before I was born, uh, for the Best Actor for The Man in the Glass Booth. Never seen that movie. And in 1978, the year after I was born, for Best Actor in uh, the movie Julia, according to his IMDb. And I've actually seen Julia. That is a fantastic movie. Weird, but fantastic movie. As a director, Shell's 1984 documentary on Marlene uh, Dietrich, uh, named or quoted as Marlene only, but it was about Marlene Dietrich, uh, was nominated for the Best Documentary Oscar and praised as a masterpiece of nonfiction, and according to IMDb, uh, Dietrich or Dietrich allowed herself to be recorded but refused to be filmed, uh, bringing out the most of Shell's talents to penetrate images and uncover reality. Says here, um, says here, Shell was born in Vienna on December eighth, nineteen thirty, and he was raised in Switzerland. So rest in peace, Maximilian Schiel, or Shell, is how you pronounce his name. A lot of uh, actors have died in 2014 already. It's only a month in. I mean, that's crazy. Now, this is a story that really is just bizarre, man. And it deals with a Hollywood legend, too. It deals with Woody Allen, one of the uh, biggest directors in the history of Hollywood. Uh, This is a letter penned by Dylan Farrell, uh, which uh, she penned an open letter. About how Willie, uh, Woody, know Willie, how Woody Allen sexually assaulted her at age seven. Now, Dylan Farrow, the adopted daughter of Mia Farrow and Woody Allen, has written the first-person account published in the New York Times that details her allegations that she was sexually assaulted by the film director at age seven. When I was seven years old, Woody Allen took me by the hand and led me and led me into a dim closet-like attic on the second floor of our house. He told me to lay on my stomach and play with my brother's electric train set. He then sexually assaulted me, Farrow wrote in an open letter. Uh, it says here in the editor's uh, note at the top of the uh, Times blog post, uh, Christoph wrote that the letter was the first time that Dylan Farrell herself has written about the, uh, about the topic in public. The renewed accusation surfaced as Alan Blue's Jasmine is nominated for, an, for three Academy Awards, including for Best Original Screenplay for the Director. Uh, Farrell also wrote that the Hollywood figure have turned, or that Hollywood figures have turned a blind eye to the accusations, and uh, especially asked when, especially when she asked Alec Baldwin, Kate Blanchett, and Louis C.K., the comedian, uh, who all appear in uh, Blue Jasmine, uh, what if it had been your child? And none of them replied. Woody Allen was never convicted of any crime now, uh, but she says, but he did get away with what he did to me, and it's haunted me ever since, uh, since I grew up. She wrote, adding that the torment was made worse by Hollywood. All but previous few turned a blind eye. Uh, most found it easier to accept the ambiguity to say, well, you can, you can, you can say what happened. Who can say what happened? Uh, to pretend that nothing was wrong. Actors praised him. Awards shows uh, gave him awards. Networks put him on TV. Critics put him on magazines. Farrell wrote, Woody Allen is a living testament to the way our society fails the survivors of sexual assault and abuse. On January 12th, uh, um, after Deanne Keaton accepted, uh, the, uh, accepted Allen's Golden Globe honor, uh, Ronan Farrell, the son of Allen, wrote on his Twitter account, missed the Woody Allen tribute. Did they... Put the part where or they put the part where um, another, where a woman publicly conf- uh, confirmed that he molested her at age seven 
before or after Annie Hall. So his own son tweeted that out. I'm going to read it again. His own son tweeted out on January 12th this year, missed the Woody Allen tribute. Did they put the part uh, they put the part where a woman publicly confirmed he molested her at age seven, before or after Annie Hall? So his own son, his daughter, uh, everybody's pretty much come out against uh, Woody Allen, and it's true in Hollywood. Look, there is a long history with a problem with pedophilia in Hollywood. Uh, this is not shocking. I mean, let's, look, Woody Allen married his one of his adopted daughters. For crying out loud. So, I mean, it shouldn't shock anybody that another one of his adopted kids comes out and says uh, that he molested her. Uh, Now, Woody did respond to this open letter uh, saying, and he responded by uh, saying that the allegations from his adopted daughter, Dylan Farrell, that he sexually abused her when she was seven years old are not true. Uh, Alan said that he read the article and found it to be not only untrue and disgraceful, but he would also respond very soon, legally. The uh, filmmaker's rep told uh, Mother Jones in a statement, at the time uh, a thorough investigation was conducted by the court-appointed independence expert, the experts concluded there was no credible evidence of molestation, that Dylan Farrow had an inability to distinguish between fantasy and reality, and that Dylan Farrow had likely been coached by her mother, Mia Farrow, but and no charges were ever filed. The new statement comes just after Blue Jasmine star Kate Blanchett and Alec Baldwin, who were both called out in Dylan's open letter, responded to the allegations as well. Uh, pictures inside Woody, uh, what this is uh, from the uh, website here, they talk about the pictures. And, anyway, uh, I guess they, uh, they're replying legally to the allegations, but honestly, it shouldn't shock anybody if he did molest another one of his uh, adopted daughters. Like I said, the guy married one of his adopted daughters. And he was having sex with her when she was underage. So Woody Allen, yeah, he's a scumbag. Let's just uh, call it for what it is. Woody, Woody Allen, you are a pedophile. And uh, he does deserve to be in prison. That's just a fact. But you know what? That's what happens in this country. Pedophiles are uh, let loose. Nobody cares. Look at uh, R. Kelly. He pees on a little girl on video, has sex with her on video, and gets away with it. Has anybody heard anything about R. Kelly? No, not not, not a word, right? Petey, anything? No, man, not not a word. See, even Petey has, and he's on top of it, man. Not a word. It's almost like the devil is running the world. Guys, we'll be right back. On the other side of the break with California guy. Welcome to the city of dope, where niggas kill you for dope, yeah. Yeah, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I fear no evil, cause I carry a check. Yes, the dawn of the west in the flesh. When I walk on set, you see two sets of footprints. I'm blessed, so you can kill off hip-hop, but not me. My shit hot to cool off a ice-cold wristwatch. And combed out the six-drop, not stick-ball, but my niggas pitch-rock, selling birds like Hitchcock. That's how your boy shine. Y'all ain't a snitch, I'll do nine like your boy shine. Your kids sure a better with a sibling. Is dorm room privacy a problem? Introducing Privacy Pop, a new way to create a private and comforting space on your bed. 
Privacy Pop is a bed tent that fits over twin, twin extra long, full, and queen beds. Privacy Pop is your ticket to seclusion in crowded sleeping quarters. Privacy Pop is the perfect holiday gift for the youngster who likes building forts and cramped college dorm rooms. Log on to privacypop.com and see how this unique sleeping system easily pops out from a small carrying case. Easy to store and simple to set up. Privacypop.com. That's privacypop.com. The perfect holiday gift for your grandchildren or your own kids who want a fun bed fort. Choose their favorite color. See this unique sleeping system now. Act now for a limited time offer. Use promo code RADIO in the checkout cart for free shipping. Log on to privacypop.com. Use promo code RADIO for free shipping. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call key information solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Discount Comic Book Service, where you can save 40 to 75% off on new comics, collected editions, graphic novels, action figures, statues, and other one-of-a-kind items from DC, Marvel, Image, Dark Horse, Boom Studios, Top Cow, Dynamite, and many, many more. Go to www.dcbservice.com for easy ordering and fast delivery. Or you can visit our brick-and-mortar location at 10202-C Coldwater Road in Fort Wayne, Indiana. DCBS, welcome home. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first-ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. By the Glass. By the Glass is a show about beverage culture. Brad Hubbard. What I'm going to do is I'm going to connect the dots on how everything works together. It's really all about how we enjoy things, how we enjoy life, and how beverages play a big part in that. I'm going to bring in people that are going to display their aspect of the culture. I'm going to bring in people that are going to show you different products. We're going to look at places where people go to consume these beverages and how they all interact. Things are built around the actual beverage itself. By the Glass. Thursdays from 6 to 7. Only on SoFlow Radio. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. How do I choose a book? Sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual. If a book's really impressing me and the writing is really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the endings of books should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person, too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress, and the Ad Council. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. 
For more tax-free driving tips, visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Join the club that gives you stuff. Hey, thanks! Radio Loyalty. Here's how it works. Just click on the Radio Loyalty banner right now and sign up. Then, you keep on listening like you already do. But now, you earn points. Those points add up, and you can trade them in for stuff in the Radio Loyalty store. Earn more points by sharing your station with friends on Facebook and Twitter, answering surveys, and by using the apps in the new player's app store. Pretty simple, right? Radio Loyalty. Click that banner to join now. DJ, he gets down, mixing records. While they go round to the hip, to the hop You just don't stop Producing funky tracks till it makes you drop Conjunction, junction, what's my function? I'm hooking up tracks so that niggas can function It's not Pete Rock or that nigga Dr. Dre It's this motherfucking nigga from around the way The one that brings you styles on time z wimes that's why so hard to find me Conduction, construction when I bust Choo-choo, bust us It's a must when I bust all right, everybody, we are back on Inside the Jackal's Head right here live on psn-radio.com. And, of course, uh, SoFlow Radio, I forgot to mention them earlier, SoFlowRadio.com is also running the show every week. And, uh, of course, talk stream live and everywhere else on Shoutcast Land that has uh, the show promoted. I want to thank everybody who, who does their fair share to promote this show every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern all over the Internet. And, of course, I want to thank everybody in the chat room, all three or four of you. Thank you for uh, joining the show here didn't do a lot of promotion unfortunately because it's kind of a show that we threw together at the last minute me and the gentleman who's on the line with me now california guy welcome to inside the jackal's head dude what's going on bro oh nothing much what's up thank you for letting me come on tonight uh, i've been on here before so anybody that thinks this is my first time i've been on here i'll be on the round table so yeah, don't yeah. get it twisted this is not my first outing I- of on the Jackal Head show. This is like my fifth or sixth appearance on the show. So, And I've been on the round table. So anybody listen to the round table, get out of the way on Thursday night. But, yeah, thanks for letting me on. So what, what's going to be the, the agenda tonight? What's on the top of the agenda that you want well, Kelly Guy to sound up on? Well, you know, I, like I said earlier in the show, a lot of uh, news uh, going on in the world of entertainment. Uh, you know, Let's start off. I think the uh, the number one topic that you and I like to talk about a lot is uh, the casting of Batman and Superman. That's uh, going on right now with this film, and Jesse Eisenberg being cast as Lex Luthor. I'm like I said earlier in the show, man. I'm still kind of scratching my head on this one. I I'm not sure uh, how badly they messed this one up yet because we haven't seen any images or. We haven't seen a trailer yet, but it feels like they messed up really, really epically bad with the casting on this thing. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg, not the per- the first person I would think of when I think of Lex Luthor. Uh, you know, it, it's funny because as soon as they announced this, all the like the the people online, all the fanboys, started creating a li- like little memes of posters and stuff and uh, little artworks. And the first thing everybody started creating is stuff with him, Michael Sarah, and Jonah Hill dressed as uh, the, you know the Joker and the Penguin. 
Uh, and, you know, that is kind of what this feels like. And uh, after the casting of Ben Affleck as Batman, Gal Gadot as uh, Wonder Woman, and now uh, Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, this is starting to really, really remind me of uh, Batman and Robin. Like, it's that epically bad. Like, they're just going for whatever hot, big actor there is at the moment. You know what I mean? And that's already a proven, uh, that's a proven mistake with these characters. They've done it before and it failed. Uh, you know, what's your take on uh, this debacle of a casting? Well, I got two. I got a bunch of takes on it, and it go. It goes back. You get on a very, very good point. It, it's it, DC number one. Has had trouble. Their success, as far as movies have been concerned, and it, it's going to go to Eisenberg the second. It started with Superman '78, which was the biggest movie ever in history, superhero movie ever. And so from that point on, you followed it up with Batman, 89, which was a huge movie again. The turns was huge. Uh, to an extent, forever was huge. And you had Batman and Robin. Okay, boy, that's debatable. Then after that, you had the Nolan movies, uh, the Nolan Batman movies in the 2000s, which was ultra successful. I mean, really successful. Billion-dollar trilogy reinvigorated the comic book uh, movie industry, uh, even elevating the Marvel movies, by the way. So everybody pretty much kept their game off game up off of the Nolan movies. Here it said, DC's failure, and I've said this time and time again, was when they didn't start to share a universe before Marvel. That's why all this weird casting is going on, or they're merging things together, is because DC missed the, bo- missed the point. They, missed the bo- they dropped the ball, basically, from the Nolan movies, because they, didn't, they wanted to put out standalone Batman and Superman movies as far back as 2006, and then they wanted to kind of do a team-up, but they kind of teased around with team-up, but they never right. really put it into fruition. So when they had the Justice League movie, I remember that, because I followed that. They had the Justice League movie that they were going to film, which was horrible, by the way. And then they had the Dark Knight movie coming out, you know, at the same time, and they wanted to use two different Batman. For some reason, DC, and then they had Superman Returns, because people like to, because that's a myth. You know, Nolan did not call uh, the, 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 um, Justice League movie, though, to tank at that time. It was Warner, Warner Bros. that did that. So it was no man nothing to do with it because Warner Bros. wanted to use two different Batmans and two different Superman. Superman, Brandon Roof, Superman, is going to cast another actor. So at that well, time... Well, actually, technically, they would have had three Supermans. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. Small two. They had Tom Right. Ruff, so they would go three Supermans. So they missed the boat. So Marvel, they jumped on it in 2008 with the shared universe. I don't think Marvel really planned on really doing that, by the way. I think that Iron Man was going to probably be standalone. But once they had Samuel L. Jackson in the movie, and then they tied in Robert Downey with the Hulk, then it went full steam ahead. I think right. Warner Bros. was cocky because they had Batman movies that were successful. So once Nolan kind of wrapped up his trilogy, and, you know, that went on, then it went to... Uh, Marvel, Marvel was successful and made a billion dollars. Avengers made a billion. So all the movies were successful and it was a team-up movie. So DC, when they put out Man of Steel, now this goes to Man of Steel. When Man of Steel came out, then it, they were shooting for a billion. And, you know, people, you people tell, they're going to price in hate mail to California guy or say whatever. But uh, DC was expecting a billion. And the movie made $668 million. That's not what DC wanted. Yeah, that's the same number as Thor. And if people right. don't believe me, read the Forbes magazine, by the way. Forbes talked about this uh, this week, and it was a very good article that DC panicked. They didn't want to have a Man of Steel solo Superman movie part two because it probably was going to generate a billion. It's probably going to make like seven to $800 million. So they put 
Uh, the DC characters, other characters in it, like Batman, because Batman is a cash cow. He failed. They put Batman in there just to sell the movie. That was the purpose. And then Dr. Dead, I think, was a last-minute thing. Wonder Woman was last-minute. I don't think that was even planned. You know, I, I'm starting. I'm starting to think that this whole uh, pushing the movie back that we found out a couple of weeks ago that uh, pushing it back a year, the release date, uh, has a lot to do with uh, Warner Brothers deciding with Ben Affleck's, uh, you know, pushing uh, them to rewrite the script a little bit to add Wonder Woman in there to add, yeah. uh, you know, different characters that might have not been there from the very beginning, and that's why they brought in this uh, other director, uh, Ter- Chris Terrio, right? It's the, the name of the guy they brought in, Chris Terrio. Yeah. Uh, from uh, Argo, uh, look, Argo is a good movie. Don't don't get me wrong; it was a good movie, but it, by no means is it the greatest movie ever made. You know, it was a decent movie, and he's a good writer. And I'm I'm happy they brought somebody else in because David Goyer is a, is an atrocious writer. I just I can't stand David Goyer as, as a writer. Uh, but here's the thing: too many characters. There are too well, many okay, characters right now in this movie. This is forget. This is already not Man of Steel two at all. This is. They should just call it Justice League. This is not even Batman versus Superman at this point. Well, and that's a good point. They 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 they're trying to turn it into like a prototype Justice League so that it could compete. They want an right. instant billiard. They want to piggyback off of Marvel because Marvel has success with their movie. Uh, so DC says it's too late for them to really put solos out now. It's kind of late in the game for them. So they figure, you know, let's just try to reboot Batman at the same time, reboot Wonder Woman, but sell it off as a Justice movie. Now, Eisenberg is an interesting pick. Now, let's get to the, the big, the big enchilada, uh, Eisenberg. Eisenberg, I don't, I try to understand that. I, the casting is weird, but I had some speculation on why he was picked. They picked Eisenberg number one, was because they're trying to have like a Zuckerberg Lex Luthor. Because Snyder kind of said that last year uh, on the Q&A. He said that, or, or some interviews, he said that the Lex Luthor he was going to make was going to be Bill Gates type, which was cold word, I think, for Mark Well, Luthor. I think it was more was in that Charles Br- uh, Branson. He said Branson, too, so he confused it yeah. up. So he said Bill Gates. And so I was like thinking it was an older guy. And see, the Internet community, they flared up with the Brian Cranston thing, the Mark Strong. Right. So it was a lot of fanboy picks. But Snyder went totally opposite. He picked a kid that's like 30 years old. But it, from what it looks like to me, and I'm not sure because I don't have – I'm not like some other websites and other people. They got sources. I don't have no sources. So I'm just assuming they pick him to be like a Zuckerberg type Lex Luthor, maybe a little kid genius, I guess, in Metropolis. Uh, was the reason why they picked him, and then he could probably be like Hiddleston's Loki. He's the answer to maybe Hiddleston's uh, Loki, because Hiddleston's Loki is a comedian, basically. Loki is kind of like a, a comedy character in Avengers. I th- and, that's, and that, that could be, yeah, but I think they're going more towards like the Smallville route with uh, with uh, Michael Rosenbaum type uh, with this kid. I think that's really where they're, they're going to go with that, that kind of Lex. That too. It just, it's a lot of it reasons why this kid was, was even picked. Now, I don't know what the screening test was with this kid uh, or what he was able to sell with him. I don't know if he's going to be bald-headed because I'm familiar with him. He was on Zombie Land, but I right. never thought he in a million years would be like Lex Luthor in my brain. Nobody did. Uh, yeah, so that's it's, it's unusual. It is unusual. So I will say that it's intriguing, though. I, I find it intriguing because and, and the problem with WB is they won't put out like statements on the guys. They won't say why they picked this particular person, kind of like what Marvel do. So we all could just assume, like what Ben Affleck, we don't know nothing about his Batman, really. We just know about Bat Drones, and he's tired and weary, so we could take that for anything. 
We don't know nothing about the death of Wonder Woman and it's like so it's all basically unknown uh, in my opinion. So Eisenberg, you know, you're gonna have some people that's gonna follow it, but I'm gonna wait until a plot is concerned with him or character uh, more detail on his character, I think, and then I probably could come back later and say, okay, well, this is the reason. I don't know. This is it is weird testing, and people are going to be split. WB should be careful because the comic book community is about to obliterate this movie. They're going to obliterate. Now, I'm a fair guy, so I'm not going to obliterate it, but other people are going to obliterate the movie because of some of the casting. People really don't like Cadet. People don't like Cavill. People don't like Affleck, so it's all split, and now people are not going to dislike. So that's four people in the movie that top characters that, except for Jenny Islands, he's the most positive thing for the movie, but everybody else. Right. But you know, it's, fun, it's, it's funny since uh, they announced uh, Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, the same day they announced uh, Jer- you know, the Irons is going to play Alfred. Nobody cares about but Irons. Like nobody's even talking about that. It's all about Eisenberg as Lex Luthor and how bad of a casting that is. But uh, really, Irons as uh, Alfred is kind of like gone in the back back seat. You know, nobody really cares about that news. Uh, but you're right. That is about the only positive casting news, which is it, it's odd because Alfred might be in the movie. What maybe two minutes? Three minutes, yeah, minutes yeah. stops. So it's not like it's going to be a character that's a very well. It, well, it depends on what type of script, I guess. The whole movie might be seen through Alfred's eyes, for all I know. So we don't even know. Uh, we haven't seen the script, so we don't know what the script is. So, but uh, still, you know, that being the best cast in this movie, in a movie like this big, is really sad. Because look, when you look at it on paper, you have a guy who's playing Batman who is a. Uh, let me see, he was nominated for two Oscars, won two Oscars for writer and for director. You look at it on paper, you're like, okay, so double two Oscars for the guy playing Batman. Uh, let me see, uh, an Oscar nomination for the guy playing uh, Lex Luthor, not bad, right? Looks pretty good so yeah. far. Uh, Jeremy Irons, a fantastic actor. I think he's probably been nominated several times for Oscars, right? Not bad. On yeah. paper, it looks pretty good, but then when you start saying the names of the actors, and you're like, uh, Ben Affleck is that... that Double nominee for or double award-winning actor for Batman. Oh wait a second, he won it for director, not actor. Oh, that's right. So it doesn't look so good anymore, and it's Ben Affleck. Stop looking good. When, once you start saying the names of the actors, Jesse Eisenberg for Lex Luthor doesn't sound so good when she when you say the name. It just feels weird, man. Like growing up yeah. watching Justice League, watching you know, Superman, Batman, uh, even you know the Nolan trilogy, even the the the, the movies in the in the nineties. I mean. Never in my wildest imagination in the last few years that I think, or in my wildest you know dreams and my craziest nightmares that I think that they would announce a cast like this for the Justice League. Like, and it's negative. And it's, it's negative. It's weird, man. It's, it's just a weird casting choice. I'm gonna tell you something. This movie, even with Man of Steel one, even just that, the comic community obliterated that. That's why it made the 660 million. They didn't like Cavill. And I don't really care for Cavill. A lot of people know how Kelly Dye feels about Cavill. Cavill, I think, is he was the only thing about Cavill is the yoke of Superman. Uh, and, you know, he looked kind of similar to him. And, you know, he did some cool things. You know, the second half of the movie was decent. But Cavill, you know, people don't like Cavill. And then they picked Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck is... Now, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, this, 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 I don't have a problem with that. But a lot of people don't like Ben. That's the thing. The killer, it doesn't matter about California Dyes' opinion. It's right. just they picked an actor that, you know, a lot of people really don't like. And I'm like, wow, your first movie already suffered. So you pick an actor that the whole community tracks. And I don't care what Kevin Smith said. I don't care about Smith 
and the other people, oh, we like Ben Affleck, and, you know, I've been, you know, I don't care, you know, Ben, the ki- uh, 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 Kevin Smith, the kiss a butt. I'm not using no profanity tonight, so people expect me to say I'm not. <laughs> but they could kiss her behind because Kevin Smith, he's pals with Ben Affleck, and he's a right. DC person too. He's not really a Marvel person, so he's, he, he, I mean, yeah, he's like Daredevil and some stuff, but he's really more pro DC. He said in the interviews prior to this, so I've been following Smith for years, but you got him cheerleading for Ben Affleck, and now he's the greatest thing ever since Holy Water. And it's funny to me that he says that. But as for Ben, no, it was negative. Cadet, that was negative also. Cadet was really, really negative for months. And so each casting choice for this movie has been negative. That's why DC moved the movie uh, to 2016, because they want to move it away from all the negativity. They want us all to forget. Yeah, but you know, it's funny. They, they, they moved the movie to 2016, and then after that, they announced another casting. They got negative press immediately and it's that's why they did it but that's but it's it's crazy every time they announce somebody it's been negative i mean i'm I'm afraid to find out who's going to play green lantern or who's going to play uh flash in this thing at this point and it's you know it's what's funny about this kelly guy is that every time they announce somebody it's never anybody that the fans are talking about for the last few months what are the names we heard for for lex luthor phoenix Cranston, Phoenix, Strong, right. These are the names we're hearing. Washington. There's a Washington's another one. All uh-huh. great actors. All great actors who would have done, you know, their own interpretation of Lex Luthor and might have been, uh, one might have been great, one might not, not have been great. Uh, as you know, my personal uh, favorite of all times has uh, been Michael Rosenbaum. I thought he played the best yeah. Lex Luthor ever. Uh, he played a young Lex Luthor, uh, you know, 20-something-year-old Lex Luthor, uh, who was around the same age as Clark Kent. They grew up kind of in uh, the same uh, area, you know, Smallville, uh they were around each other as teenagers or when Clark was a teenager still since the very beginning of Smallville. So that interpretation is similar to some of the early comics where, you know, they were in Smallville, yeah. they didn't know each other. Uh, I don't know if that's, that's definitely, I don't think the route they're going to go with this one though, because if not, Lex would have been involved in the first one and he was in Man of Steel. So the, it's not the route they're going with this Lex. I have no idea how they're going to do this Lex, but I have a, a feeling it's going to be somewhere again in the, somewhere like, what they did with Smallville, uh, but it's just bizarre, especially considering when you're when you're starting off with a, a Batman who's forty two. Well, that's why they you know? did this. Well, they, you know what I think? That's why they probably did this casting because I'm gonna be honest with you. This is a theory. I don't have sources. I'm not like some other websites. I'm not gonna plug them on here, but they have sources with WB. I don't. So I will say this. And my theory is that they picked this kid to be Lex Luthor to try to distinguish his character away from Bruce Wayne's character because he's going to be wealthy also. I think that Bruce Wayne's character is going to be the main heir, Bruce Wayne, retired, and his kid's going to be the Zuckerberg, Lex Luthor, Bill Gates. He's going to be the Bill Gates, young Bill Gates, Lex Luthor that we're going to see. That's why I think Snyder's going because he's always talked about realism for Man of Steel. And so I honestly think that's why he's probably going to be self-made millionaire, number one. He's probably going to be a self-made millionaire. I I, I wouldn't doubt right now if we have uh, Lex's book. In this movie, that's what I think. I think joke. he's going to be evil. He's going to be a scientist, and I have some theories like on like which version of Lex from the comic they're going to use. They're probably going to use the Fifty Two X, where he was a scientist. He was a little. I know you're familiar with the Fifty Two Dodge Aces, our right yep. Aces, some other people. But that Lex Luthor was a scientist, 
in that book, in that issue, they probably use a tab of birthright. They're going to probably use a tab and maybe some Smallville a little bit, maybe season 11 Smallville. But I think that they're going to really modernize this Lex Luthor. That's why it looks so weird to people. Now, Batman, he's probably going to be the same. Batman's probably going to be the Dark Knight Returns. I predict they're going to be the Dark Knight Returns Batman. That's where they're going with it. That Bruce Wayne is going to be really big. He's going to be Dark Knight. So that's why they they, they, they trying to distinguish the characters. Had Lex been an older man, then they probably wouldn't be able to work with that with Batman. So that's what I'm thinking. But they're going to have other villains. So I'm, I'm waiting for one more piece of casting because they're going to probably have a Batman villain. Right. So well, they've been, they've, been, they've been talking about uh, Metallo as the villain, the other villain here, Metallo. Uh, which wouldn't be terrible, but I was kind of hoping maybe for Brainiac or Dark Seed or something or Dark Side or something like that. But <laughs> yeah, what do you think of uh, Metallo? Metallo. Well, it makes sense because if you read, remember the Fifty Two with 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 uh, Superman in the Fifty Two, where he less created Metallo, so right. it would make sense if they use him in that continu- in that kind of continuity. Uh, if Metallo is a villain, because you could just say that Lex was making other projects and he found Kryptonite. But see, the problem is they don't have Kryptonite in the movie. So right. they didn't establish Kryptonite really yet. So Metallo's origins, a lot of fanboys are not looking at comic books. Metallo's origins center around uh, Kryptonite. That's right. point blank. So it's going to be, how do you explain Metallo existing uh, in that world again with no kryptonite there. So I don't know how... He could be in there. They could always write something up and say, oh, kryptonite exists in the movie. This what I have a theory, though. Here's the theory that I'm going to say tonight. I think that it's three villains. I think Lex is going to be for Superman. I think that uh, Metallo is going to be for Batman. And I think Fiora is going to return from the Phantom Zone for Wonder Woman. That's what I think. That's why I think Wonder Woman was falling in so they could bring Fiora back. And I think Lex is going to open up the Phantom Zone. Now, that's a theory that I kind of had a few months ago, and I think that they may go that route if they don't have other heroes in the movie. If it's not really Justice League characters, then that's about there to probably take it. Fiora was about the best uh, villain in Men of Steel. Mm-hmm. I mean, Zod sucked. I hated the Zod in uh, Men of Steel. But uh, that's interesting. You know, I think I can answer, and I, ho- and I think this is where they're going to go with uh, with the whole kryptonite thing. I don't think we're going to get kryptonite from Krypton, per se. And I think I said this on the other roundtable show a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. I think what they're going to end up doing is the world engine, the stuff that it, it did mm-hmm. to the planet, uh, because it was on, right, in the movie for a little bit, so it did yeah. some damage. Uh, I think some of the damage that it did was it did terraform some of the planet and created uh, this artif- this hybrid between the Earth and Krypton, and they're going to use that to be kryptonite. I think so. I agree with you. It, it'll make sense. They could just reimagine what they reimagine and let. Well, this, this whole thing is a reimagined. I mean, this is not mm-hmm. canon. By no means does yeah. any... Could, look, anybody who considers uh, Man of Steel or this follow-up to be anything close to the comics uh, is fooling themselves. This is uh, nothing like the comics. It's, it's an Elseworld uh, Superman movie. This is an Elseworld uh, Justice League. This is going to be nothing like the comics, and at the same time, it's going to take from the comics, uh, which it's it's fine. I mean, a lot of uh, you know these adaptations do that. Uh, they'll do their own thing, but at the same time, they'll take from the comics. We all know how Nolan did that for the trilogy. You know, he did his own take, but at the same time, he took from year one, and he took things from, you know, different elements from different comic books. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's a normal thing to do. But, again, you know, Nolan, 
is a visionary. Nolan's a hell of a, of a great director. I know you're not too fond of the trilogy, but yeah. I love that trilogy. And uh, honestly, he you know he casted that perfectly. I can't say they're doing that for this movie. And it, you could tell right off the bat that Nolan is not involved with this movie because I don't think he would ever oh, yeah, approve. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't think he would ever approve of Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. I don't think he would ever approve of Gal Gadot as uh, Wonder Woman. And honestly, I don't think he would approve of uh, Ben Affleck. In fact, I know he wouldn't approve of Ben Affleck because he said publicly that he thought they should hire Wes Bentley to play Batman. He, did. he endorsed he did him. So, I mean, he didn't endorse Ben Affleck. Nobody even knew Ben Affleck was in the running. It's like the funniest thing ever happened with Ben Affleck. He didn't even audition for the role. They, one day he just got a call from Snides, and Snides was like, hey, Ben. And Ben was like, hey, Snides. And they're like, hey, why don't you come down? I want to show you what we're working on. And he's like, okay, what are you working on? Well, Batman versus Superman. You want to be Batman? Well, not really. Exactly. You know, they're going to kill exactly. me on the internet. And then Snyder was like, well, you know what? Come down anyway. I'm going to show you what we got. Showed him some stuff. Gave him a big old check. Ben man. said, well, and that's it. it. They forced Ben. Ben didn't want to do it. Go back to the old rumors in he even No, but yeah, he back. even said it. He didn't want to do it. He said himself that yeah, he wasn't interested. Him. Yeah, yeah, they were getting Bowen. And I think when, when talks broke down with Josh Bowen, this is fact, by the way. This is not something that I rumored. It's not no disinformation. But they did talk to Bowen about playing Batman. Right. They weren't considering Goslin. They weren't considering some Bentley. That was something out of Nolan's mouth. But as far as the official news was Bowen and Ben was in the contender, uh, for some reason, they didn't get Bowen. So they went with Ben. Ben was already a safe boy with WB anyway. He's like, hey, you know, he directed Argo and the town and other things, and he was a staple in WB. So they went to a safe choice. They just said, okay, forget it. There's not nobody else that we really want to get. We're not trying to reuse another actor, and they want to make money. So, you know, they just went with Ben, like you said, and they didn't care. Like, like you said, the Internet tore him apart. They tore him apart. and still is tearing him apart to this day. But, you know, it, it remains to be seen. But Cadet, Ben, Cavill, and Iderson, whatever his name is, they all got tore up. All of them got tore up. All of them. So You know what's know. funny, though? It, it seems like every time we get a different name, though, it's it's worse of a, of a backlash than the previous one got. When Ben Affleck got cast, huge backlash. I mean, it was, the internet went crazy. Gal Gadot? Even bigger backlash. I mean, even AMC Movie Talk uh, went ballistic. You know, John Campia went a little nutty over. Yeah, he went nutty over that casting, and he almost never goes against anything that has to do, you know, anything negative, uh, or says anything negative about Man of Steel. He loved Man of Steel, uh, so for him to come on and say anything negative, I was shocked that he that he hated that casting. Uh, but now this one, Jesse Eisenberg. I mean, the internet is exploding. Like I've never seen before. There's all kinds of uh, of images and posts everywhere and videos on the internet. Uh, you know, everybody is universally hating this casting. I mean, it, it's just oh, a bizarre. Yeah. It's bizarre. Oh, and yeah, again, yeah. With, with so many good actors out there, uh, so many actors that actually resemble the character, you know, like I was saying, you know, earlier, California guy. My number one choice, obviously, is Michael Rosenbaum because I love Smallville. Uh, but there's so many other actors uh, besides Phoenix and Cranston. You also have Billy Zane, who's I mean, that guy was born to play Lex Luthor, and he's never gotten a chance to play Lex. I mean, there's just so many good actors out there who were bypassed uh, for Jesse Eisenberg, a guy who looks nothing like the comic books uh, version of Lex. He looks nothing like any he's interpretation nobody. What do you ever had. He's a nobody. He's he not, really is. He yeah, really he's is a nobody. nobody. Yeah. He's like a dead almost. 
today, unless you're a Fast Too Furious fan, unless you're deep into that, that's how you know Cadet, by the way. Um, this kid, Eisenberg, only person that's known in this whole thing is Ben Affleck. That's just flat out, and Jerry Iron. But everybody else is basically, and Bill was nothing before Man of Steel, nothing. So, you know, he was somebody that, you know, his filmography was, he was a D-list actor, by the way. He was D-list. He was doing B-movies. Um, he was in a Hellraiser movie, man, for crying out. And I know, really bad. Like, the one he did was... Dude, the one he did was a fan film that got released by the studio because it was a little bit better shot than a normal fan film. That's it. Low budget as hell. Low budget, direct-to-video. But look, with that aside, because I don't have any issues with them picking somebody who's an unknown for a a role as Superman or even a role of Batman. Those two main characters, I actually rather they pick an unknown because this way you don't go into it sitting there and just imagining the actor. You you imagine the character. For example, when I saw Man of Steel, I knew Henry Cavill here and there from a couple of different things. Uh, The Tudors. He was mm-hmm. in that. That was, that was a TV show that I actually liked. I thought it was decent. He he's not a terrible actor. He is just wrong for the part of Superman because of his the way he acts. The thing is, you know, it's not whether the actor's good or bad. It's it's no. whether they fit the role and whether they can act in that role particularly. Jesse Eisenberg is a fine actor. He's not a great actor by no means, but he's a good actor. He does well, serviceable parts. Uh, But the problem with him is he's not Lex Luthor. He acts in every role the same way. He plays himself in every part. Uh, What you saw is Mark Zuckerberg in the uh, the Facebook movie. That was him playing himself. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Wasn't, he, he, exactly. That wasn't a stretch or anything. He got a, he got a nomination for playing himself because his, himself was very similar to the real the real Mark Zuckerberg. So since they were kind of similar in the way they acted and their persona, he fit that person that personality perfectly, and he was cast perfect. Lex Luthor, he is not. All right, Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman, you are not. Ben Affleck, I'm sorry, I don't want to go sit in the theater and and look at Batman and be like, oh, that's Ben Affleck. That's the guy from Jiggly. You know, that bothers me. That really does. And that's a, an issue with this movie. And, and, and the, the sad thing is that we have two more years to wait uh, to see this heap of a mess that they're oh, yeah, dropping us it's in 2016. Years, but that's the point. That's why it's pushed for two years because, number one, they knew Avengers was going to kill it. Now, I say it. Right. They yep. pushed it not for creative reasons. I don't know who bought that, but they pushed it because they knew Avengers, the age of Ultron, was going to kill them that year. And they didn't want a Superman and Batman movie. If that would have got killed, Superman and Batman in 2015, that would be the biggest blow to DC Comics ever. That some C-list Marvel characters. And I, I'm not trying to be funny because Batman and Superman is supposed to be A-list. But if they lost in film, especially on a first against the sequel to characters that came out in the 60s, oh my lord, that would have ended their superhero movie. I'm telling you, that would have killed it. It still could die, by the way, in 2006, it's possible. But if it would have came out next year, and Avengers would have went like $1.5 billion, and Man of Steel would have made like, shoot, six, seven hundred million, maybe $800 million. Oh, man, that would have been the end for them. That would have been the end. So they moved it because of Avengers. That's just right out. Now, most people is probably going to get mad. They're going to uh, send hate mail. They're going to say, it is the truth. They, anybody that thinks that they, they moved it for credit, that was baloney, because they announced it last summer at the Comic-Con. 
They announced it. That was a big announcement. That stole the ticket yep. from Avengers, actually. So why would they go through all that to move it to 2016? Because they knew Avengers was going to kill it. So they just not, didn't not, want not to only that. They have look in 2016. It's not like 2016 is going to be easy cake either for Batman and Superman. You also have that same weekend, May 6th, you have an untitled Marvel movie coming out. Uh, who knows what that is going to be? But on May 27, you have X-Men Apocalypse also hitting theaters, which is kind of weird because you have X-Men Apocalypse and that other unnamed Marvel project coming out of the week a couple weeks before. So that's bizarre in itself that they have two Marvel movies coming out within the same month. But, you know, that's not going to be good. With, in one month in May, you have Batman vs. Superman, the untitled Marvel movie, X-Men Apocalypse, and Alice in Wonderland 2, all four movies coming out in May. That's going to hurt the box office big time for Batman vs. Superman. I mean, whoever thinks this movie's going to make a billion dollars just off the name rights alone, uh, it's really just uh, fooling themselves at this point. Because I hate to break it to you, but guess what? X-Men is popular. Uh, Alice in Wonderland, the first one, did a lot of money, so I'm pretty sure the second one's going to do a lot of money also. And then in June, you have The Amazing Spider-Man 3 coming out. That's going to make money. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there's a lot of big movies in 2016 to worry about. Uh, in April, you have The Mummy being rebooted. Wow. Well, that's, you know? probably, that's why I think that's why. See, this is what they're going to do, though. I think they're going to probably end up, I believe, they're going to start having advertisements between now and the fall. You're probably going to get more viral. You're going to get more footage. Uh, they're going to try that stuff. And then probably with, like, Guardians of the Galaxy that comes up this year, and maybe some other movies, they're going to probably attach a small trailer. And then when Avengers Age of Ultron come out, they're going to barely, they're going to use that as a way to get their advertisement out. They're going to try super, super hard to push that movie and stuff. And if it doesn't, if it does what you're saying, and so other people have told me, if it, if it's blocked, oh, that's the end for them. That's it. And I think they're gambling now. Actually, it's a gamble even now what they're doing. So it's risky. This, this is really <laughs> risky. This movie, if this movie doesn't make a billion dollars, it's a disappointment. Yeah. Oh, at, they're not going to do point. more movies. Oh, they're not going to do it. If this makes a billion, now Batman is safe. Uh, they, you know, they're probably just going to be booed back anyway. But if that movie tanks, if it tanks, oh man, that's it for other hills. Superman and Wonder Woman are gone. They're not going to do that. Snyder's going to be fired from WB. They're going to get rid of him. Warrior two. Uh, and then it's going to reboot Batman films and just do really no superhero films really at all. But these, like I said, DC, I don't know, they should have just did solo movies like in 2008. This is kind of their fault. They should have just put out different solo hero movies, then they could have built up for a Justice League movie properly. Right. So they should have kind of been doing that since 08 all the way up to now, and then they probably wouldn't have really nothing to worry about. And still, they're not, even if the movie makes a billion, and this is the thing, because people think, you know, I'll be reading some of this stuff, people think, that because if Man of Steel makes a billion, that it kills everything Marvel does. No, it's not going to kill Marvel. Um, right. DC needs five years of successful movies, by the way. They still got work to do. Even if Man of Steel made money, they still have to have other movies to kind of catch up with Marvel. So even that, into a, so it won't defeat Marvel that fast. So because Marvel Marvel's going to already have like 13, 14 movies by the time that movie come out. So I don't know. That's a dream to say that's going to defeat. It's not. It probably will make money, but it's not going to still defeat it. Marvel will win the war. Because Marvel is just going to saturate us with multiple movies. So that's what they're going to do. And I got to talk about Marvel, too. Not only that, look, in 2016, let's also put this into, into perspective. Uh, we have uh, a Star Wars 
spin-off movie coming out, and it hasn't been uh, given a, a release date yet. But it'll probably be a summer movie. Uh, that's the one they're talking about, maybe being a, a Boba Fett uh, spin-off or, or a Bonnie Hunter spin-off or something like that, which is going to be huge. Especially if the, the Episode 7 movie coming out in 2015 is a huge hit. Believe me, the spin-off movie will be huge also. So who knows when they're going to release that. But of course, historically, Star Wars has been a May, you know, May release around there. Uh, episode 7 is going to be a December release, so they're changing it up a little bit. But you also have Star Trek 3 coming out. And if you look at the history, Star Trek Inner Darkness came out in May. This, the first one, uh, Star Trek 09, came out in May also. Uh, they're probably going to shoot for a May release also for Star Trek 3. And you already have Superman vs. Batman in uh, in May. So if they also release Star Trek 3 in May 6, I mean, that that should, right there, should take a huge chunk out of the box office but for Batman vs. Superman. But, but they're looking at Avengers. That's what their theory is. That's, that's what the fear. I know what you're saying. They still have multiple movies, but DC, they've been a little bit more comfortable because it's not Avengers. That's the thing, because Avengers is very successful. So they're frightened of it, and you have, like you said, Star Wars. So they're going to put Peter Pan out instead. And you have Ant-Man. So Ant-Man has a chance, too, to dominate next year also. So, again, and I'm not right. super not upset about Ant-Man, but Ant-Man has a pretty good chance. Well, I'm going to say this. Michael Douglas appears in Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man has a chance of doing good. So if they tie in, or Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd or one of them appears in the movie, and then it goes into Ant-Man, then the movie's going to probably be a success. And then they don't have Batman versus Superman. Why well, is this going to dominate? That's all. I, you know, man, people can say what they will flag me, whatever. But it's going to dominate. DC has five years to build up their movie. So it's not a bad thing either, what I'm saying. DC still has a chance, but it's going to be, we don't have to wait for years in years before they really get their stuff off the ground. My thing is that they're putting this thing together way too quickly, California guy. I mean, it seems to me like they, like you said, they wouldn't compete with Avengers, but at the same time, they're scared of Avengers, so they're pushing the movie off because they don't want to compete with Avengers. But they're rushing this team up that they're talking about shooting back to back and releasing Justice League following uh, this uh, supposed Batman Batman vs Superman movie, uh, which again they're rushing into this thing, even though they're pushing the the movie off a couple years. Uh, from the release date, it does seem like it's a rush job at this point. And I know production is already it's already kicking off uh, this month coming up. Uh, they're already in pre-production. Obviously, they're in Detroit, Michigan, uh, setting up everything for the, the production itself. Uh, some filming has been done already for the movie, so there's already a few shots or a few scenes that have been shot. Uh, but again, the casting has not fully been uh, released the casting uh, details, uh, but everything we've gotten has just been terrible, and it feels rushed, man. And that's what worries me about this movie. As a fan of the characters, uh, it has to worry. It is rushed. Yeah. Oh, no, it's rushed. I can tell you that. Well, putting Batman in, when they first announced that Batman was in it, I knew there was a rush. So when right. they say, oh, Batman is in it, I'm like, wow. Because Batman was slated to be rebooted technically in 20... 20- that's official. This is not something, right. and I don't do disinformation. But last year, oh, not last year, but 2012... The president of WB announced that they were going to make a Justice League movie, but it was going to be shooting for Justice League to come out in 2016. But Batman, the next Batman movie was officially going to be released in 2017. It was going to be based off the arc of Asylum Games. But right. I guess they scrapped that plan because Man has still made $668 million. $300, um, we added up at three something domestically and three something overseas. So well, no, it actually. It it made it didn't make uh, domestically three hundred. It made just under that. I think it made around two hundred and ninety million, or something, oh, okay. well, something around. Yeah, 
Uh, in fact, I'll get you the exact numbers here in a second. Uh, it didn't. It did okay. I mean, Man of Steel wasn't a, a commercial failure, uh, but no. it wasn't. It wasn't what the Warner Brothers company wanted. Look, with a two hundred and twenty-five million dollar budget, this movie had to bring in four hundred and fifty million dollars just to break even. Okay, uh, it brought in domestically two hundred and ninety-one million dollars, and the foreign market was what really pushed it over with three seventy-seven. So wow. a total of six hundred and sixty-eight million made money. It broke even and made money. But remember, the two twenty-five, uh, the production budget is not counting the extra hundred million they probably spent on advertising. Mm-hmm. You know, giving this movie some media buzz, uh, all that stuff, it has to be paid for out of that. So while they made money, it wasn't the billion-dollar franchise or even eight hundred million-dollar franchise that they wanted to make. So it underperformed a little bit. Uh, certainly it performed well enough though for a sequel to come out out of it uh, a sequel to Man of Steel not this heap of a mess that we're getting yeah a sequel would rule though it's a company mandate though the company right. decided I think they were going to do it I think I'm going to be honest with you this is this is theory I think that WB was probably going to get rid of Snyder and Cavill but then somebody told him hey why don't you just throw in Batman because they would have got rid of Cavill, and I told a lot of people this, people at debate. If Cavill would have been gone, that would have been a huge blow for them. It would have been a second time that they had Superman on the screen, not TV, but from Brandon Ruth to him, and they would have to get rid of him. So they put a, a attachment to it, throw Ben in it. And then when Ben wasn't going well, when that debacle happened, then they said there's still Wonder Woman in there. So that's right. what it is. With them, and then you're hearing these rumors now about Justice League. They're filming it back to back, which I tell people: check the WB website. Don't check comic book sites. Don't check right. uh, fanboy sites because they don't know what the hell they're talking about. They're making stuff up. They're making up imaginary fiction. They want to see maybe Justice League or Mega Man, whatever they want to see, whatever character they want to see. So they put that in their blogs or uh, different videos, because I know that Mr., uh, uh, there's certain websites that, you know, I kind of freaking people know what the site I'm going to care for, I don't want to mention it, that they was kind of promoting uh, rumors, and I was very shocked because the site is respectable. They're very respectable site, and I was shocked that they would go into the gutter and start pushing disinformation out themselves. So I was very, very shocked. So, but that's just me. This movie has caused the, the website to be really discredited. So I tell people right now that this is the show, to just go on the WB website or Entertainment Weekly, don't go to a comic book website to get right. your information. That's what I say. Yeah, the, I don't know it, what you it, it's funny because they've become like really gossipy, the uh, comic book websites. Uh, they, but again, it's because it's been so slow with the news, especially this movie, uh, where it's like months go by before we hear anything else. And usually it's been all negative anyway. But uh, I, And it's funny because I think the more you wait between news when you had some really negative news, the worse it is. Because more anticipation builds up, more of, of that hype builds up to see what next is going to happen. Then when you get the next shoe that drops, you're like, oh my god, that did what? And then you, you know the internet explodes again. So, I mean, I don't know who, who else is next. Uh, they're going to announce next. Uh, probably The Rock is, has a role in this movie, supposedly. That's uh, the next well, big cast of news. Yeah, I mean, who, who's he going to play? John Stewart? Who's he going to play The Rock? I, you know what? That Dark Side, maybe? I don't know. Again, the movie. Now, like I said, I don't know what more to say on the movie. I, you know, I've ran out of stuff to say. This movie's been controversial since last summer. 
Uh, the, the, every since they announced the sequel, it's been controversy. It's been controversy in regard to the maybe plot of the movie. I've been hearing weird stuff about this Batman, by the way, about drones and being right. old. And I've been hearing about Robin betraying him. And I've been hearing that was another casting that was supposed to happen too, is Nightwing. That was another uh, piece of casting that came out in the fall. I don't know if that's true or not. So. But I heard that. So I just heard all kinds of different rumors. The Ackerman woman. To be honest with you, in my opinion, I don't think none of those characters are in there. I, I really do think it's just going to be a Trinity movie, though, in my opinion. People may get mad, but I honestly think it's going to be just like they said Superman and Batman. How they put right. Wonder Woman in there, I don't know. But I don't think it's going to be JLA. Maybe JLA is going to come after the movie, but I just think it's not going to be what people think it is. I think those are all rumors, and that's what people are going to see. So I think it's just going to be... Because it'd be too hard to film, too, and you got to explain each character. So it's bad enough you got Batman and Superman. You just got to explain their world. But if you try to throw in Martian Manhunter, Green Lantern, and all those characters that it becomes difficult to try to explain them. So I just think that's just going to be probably a Trinity movie anyway. And my, that's what it looks like to me. And when Lex and Johnny Iron got cast, it kind of gave you a clue. They're not casting for other superheroes. So it could be anything. It could be much of anything. So, so I, you know, I, was, I, was, I was thinking that it would almost have been better if they would have not announced any of these cast members and they would just uh, said, yeah, we're making Men of Steel 2 and just we're bringing everybody back from the first one and just, uh, you know, not released any information whatsoever and left it as a surprise. I think, what do you think the audience would have reacted like uh, just going into the theater, not even knowing that Ben Affleck is in this movie and having him show up at the end of the movie or something for a quick cameo that sets up Justice League to the next one? Do you think that would have been a better idea to do that and, and uh, just giving it a proper Men of Steel 2? I think so. I, I think so because I'm going to tell you why. It was hype. See, this, w, this is the WB thing, not Snyder. Snyder and Gordon was planning on doing a solo Superman. Right, feature. yeah. I, that was what they were talking about, Lex being the feature. They didn't have no thing to do with Batman. That was, you know, that was a joke even with the satellite in the movie. But the Snyder even said that if they were going to have, what you just said, that's what Snyder was going to do, to have Bruce Wayne. And this is fact. He said it at award shows. They were going to have Bruce Wayne maybe make an appearance or something like that, and then, you know, maybe come into a third movie. But they didn't have this as a plan. This was a company right. plan thing. This was a corporate, like Disney with uh, Marvel. It was a corporate thing. So they made a decision. They said, just trick it. We're just going to throw Batman in there and Wonder Woman in there, and we don't care. You figure it out. And I think it threw him for a loop, and he had to probably rewrite it. That's why the movie being pushed back, too. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. It would have been simpler just to introduce Lags, have a simple story, uh, uh, follow up on that, because people were anticipating that sequel. So they were already kind of anticipated. But now you got to try to figure out how to – that's the thing. How would you introduce Batman in the movie? So that's the thing. So now they got to go Dark Knight Returns. I don't have an issue with that. But now you got to go Dark Knight Returns type Batman. This, and I tell some people out there too. Even Kevin Smith, you listen. Be careful, Smith, and you guys. You uh, you follow this movie because you don't know how this Batman is going to be used. You right. really don't. So beware. They have not announced nothing on this Batman. So all the people that cheerleading for no, oh, this is a new Batman. Oh, be careful because you don't know. Hey, he could be so different. That you know, you'd be, you being thought Nolan's Batman was bad until you, you know, this Batman would be worse. So, you know, maybe, you know, you say that was bad. Well, you, you know, know you, say, you say that, but it's funny because if you look at Man of Steel and you look at even the Nolan movies, 
compared to the comics, compared to everything we've seen before, uh, they have radically changed some of the characterizations of these characters. Uh, Men of Steel, the most, I think, the most glaring one, of course, is Superman, the way he looks, the costume, the costume of Zod. Uh, everything has changed for these characters. Um, and that, obviously, is going to happen with Batman. So, I mean, everybody who, say, who thinks, oh, we're going to get a Batman that we all know and love, like the comics, uh, probably not. They already said that this is a completely different look that Batman's ever had on the big screen. So you're not getting Batman 89, Tim Burton Batman. You're not getting the Nolan Batman. You're not getting a Batman you've seen before. You're getting a radically different looking Batman from whatever you've seen before. And I agree with that. But they already kind of handed that to the beat. Right. And you're right, again, because they already said that he's going to be a bit... What disturbs me about the movie is this. I'm going to plug this one show. i got to say this one show. It was a show I listened to, another podcast, Big Batman on Phil. And I heard them say one thing, and I, I kind of said it too. Even though they, they said he liked Nolan's Bat movies, but they said he was disturbed with even this movie because they wanted to see a young Batman, which I did too. Because you really right. didn't get to see it, even a young Batman in those movies. You got to see Batman kind of in the year one-ish, but you never got to see a fully pawned up Batman. And so we're kind of disappointed with Man of Steel. I have a problem with Ben Affleck. But it disappointed me was that it made him, like, retired and old. And I was kind of expecting, right. like, a young, primal Batman, by the way. So that was kind of disappointing to me. And then I wonder how you fit his timeline into Man of Steel. That's another curiosity. Like, okay, so superheroes existed pre-Man of Steel. So that was my curiosity right. with the movie. So what happened to Batman? Did he have his No, especially when Zack Snyder like himself said that uh, the Superman was the first, right? He, he, he went on record saying, oh, Superman's the first hero. There's no other superhero before him. This is the first. It starts here. But now, wait a second. Now you're telling me that there was a Batman before Superman who was around for years, did a lot of heroic stuff. Uh, apparently, he's really well-known, and he's retired because of some stuff that happened. But wait, wasn't Superman supposed to be the first superhero? Yeah, that's what you said. Goyer and him went on record saying that right. he inspired other people. So now there's a Batman... There's a Batman in that world. There's a Wonder Woman. There's super beings now in that world. And it, I mean, you could, you could explain, yeah, but you could explain the Wonder Woman and even yeah. Aquaman, right? You could explain them coming up now after Superman has already showed up and never have been on the scene before. Wonder Woman could have been in hiding or whatever, yeah. or maybe she just got to Earth when uh, the whole thing with Superman and Zod happened. Maybe when the the World Engine, and this is something that I was laughing about the other day because we had a show here. Um, Oh, actually, it was on Skywatchers, uh, dealing with the Hollow Earth, and uh, one of the ideas was uh, that I came up with was, well, if there is such a thing as life within the Earth somewhere, uh, let's just you know let's go with that for a second, right? Let's say Atlantis is within the Earth and the Hollow Earth, and this world engine did some damage to the Earth because it must have done some damage. That would be a reason for Aquaman to come out of Atlantis and uh, try to be like, hey, what's going on? What what happened? Maybe it opened uh, the doorway between Atlantis and the regular, the the outside world, you know? Uh, so there could be reasons why these other characters show up. But, you know, these are characters that don't have a history already established. Exactly. Batman has a history you. established. You know what I mean? Batman is already a character who's been around for at least a decade. Fighting crime. That's what they said. They think and not only that, so that tells you Joker was if he's, around. If he's Penguin. fighting crime, exactly. Penguin, Joker, Batman. all these side characters, exactly. <laughs> That's what I was laughing at when he said that. When they first gave us a, a kind of a brief description of the character, 
I left, I said, so now you're seeing Hill that just said pre-Superman. And then that's why they kind of went lazy and they said Dark Knight Returns. Then I noticed the other thing they said. Oh, well, if Snyder said this, that's why I said this is goofy. I, I won't say he's goofy because he said, oh, well, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, we, you know, it's Dark Knight Returns. I'm like, really? You just took that out your behind, man. And <laughs> you took that out your behind because you weren't even saying that, Snyder. Snyder, you just stopped lying. That was just goofy. Oh, man, the inspiration was, you know, Dark Knight. Return. I love Obama, and I love Dark Knight Returns, but it, I know he didn't just think of Dark Knight Returns really the whole time and make it better. No. He thought of Dark Knight Returns to explain away Batman not being around. That's what that is. That was to explain why he wasn't around in that time of Superman. So that would be, I mean, that, I mean that's just simple right there. We don't really have to even know that description. So when he said Dark Knight Returns, I said, okay, so he's going to have a like, retired Batman. He's probably, Joker probably is going to be, you know, I'm not saying Joker's going to be in the movie, but they're going to probably say that Joker did some horrible crime and you're not going to see him and he cost him his retirement and he's going to be beating himself up until Superman comes through. But I'm going to tell you this now, this is controversy, but I'm about to say on the air though. I think that Batman will be the enemy still in this movie. I think it is going to be based off the Dark Knight Returns. I think they're going to reimagine it in some way. And that's why people are going to be disappointed. Batman and Superman are going to have that fight. They are going to have that I'm sorry. They're going to have that fatal fight in Metropolis. I think he's the big enemy. I don't think it's going to be a regular team-up movie because Snyder kind of hinted at that. So maybe Wonder Woman is involved. I think Batman and Superman is going to clash because their speech is read off from Dark Knight Returns at the comic time. You know, it's funny you say that. It's funny you say that, but they've also been saying that Superman uh, is the one that's kind of in exile in this one and that Batman's working with the government. So I think while it's going to be like the Dark Knight Returns, I think they're going to flip it around where instead of Superman Superman being the one working with the government, it's going to be Batman working with the government. That's possible, too. And and that's very, very possible. But either way, Batman's going to be the aggressor, though. He's going right, to be really mean, aggressor, yeah. and they're going to be fighting each other. That part I still think is going to happen. That part, so anybody that's Dark Knight fans out there, uh, you guys are going to get your wish. They are, they're, they're going to have that as a plot point. So that part, I could see them doing that. Batman, because I'm going to tell you why, and there's another clue. People need to go back and read Batman only Smallville season 11, because they use Frank Miller's Batman even in season 11 of Smallville. That's true. Because yep. He was already around. And he had here the Nightwing, so it's basically the same premise. And I think they're going right. to use that in the movie. So I think that he is going to be a Dark Knight Returns Batman. So that part, because the way they're describing him, he's just not going to be as old, maybe, as the Bruce Wayne. He's probably not going to be as mean or like Kim, but, you know, they're going to do that. And I think that the next movie after that, the Batman story is going to be a prequel. I think maybe that'd be a prequel with the Joker. Joker's not going to be in this movie. So a lot of people, they think Joker's going to be, he's not going to be in You know, they're going to keep him out for a minute and let this Batman uh, be shining first. So Joker's not going to be in there. You know, one thing they could always uh, do, California guys, they could always uh, go this route and uh, connect this Batman somehow to the TV show that's coming out, the Gotham TV show, and have like that Batman on the TV show be like a prequel to Ben Affleck's Batman, but of course they're going to have to cast somebody who kind of looks like Ben Affleck for that role, so they could do that. That might might be the best way to go, because this way you get to see his origin, but then you get to see him as Batman later on in the older version of him also. Uh, Listen, California guys, stick around. We're going to be right back. We've got to take a commercial break here. If anybody wants to call in, join the uh, the conversation, do so. 786-245-8127. You're listening in to Inside the Jackal's Head on PSN Radio and SoFlo Radio. We'll be right back with California Guy and more talk about Superman versus Batman and comic book geeky stuff. Stick around. Mm-hmm. 
talk to you about something and oh wait hold on i just got a text oh there's another one wow busy busy me so anyway oh wait mom i just got a message my friends keep commenting on my comment oh there's another one so many comments on my comment oh i can't wait to watch tv tonight playoffs hey guys check out my new video game wait wait mom what what What'd you say? Wait a second, huh? This weekend, unplug. Take your family to the forest. There's nothing in the world like experiencing nature firsthand. Trees, paths, bluebirds, streams. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. The moment my son saw a redwood tree. It's huge! Is the moment I knew that for him. You can't even see the top of that thing! Even the sky has no limit. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go. Your moment is out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Discount Comic Book Service, where you can save 40 to 75% off on new comics, collected editions, graphic novels, action figures, statues, and other one-of-a-kind items from DC, Marvel, Image, Dark Horse, Boom Studios, Top Cow, Dynamite, and many, many more. Go to www.dcbservice.com for easy ordering and fast delivery. Or you can visit our brick-and-mortar location at 10202-C Coldwater Road in Fort Wayne, Indiana. DCBS, welcome home. Free stuff for you just for listening to this station. Yeah, we got your attention. Here's how it works. You click on the radio loyalty banner right now and sign up. Then you keep on listening like you already do. But now you earn points. Those points add up, and you can trade them in for cool stuff in the radio loyalty store. Earn more points by sharing your station with friends on Facebook and Twitter, answering surveys, and by using the apps in the new player's app store. Pretty simple. Free stuff just for doing what you already do. Radio loyalty. Click the banner to join now. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Yes, yes, y'all, and you don't don't stop. stop. Keep it on, the sock in the place,
All right, everybody, we're back on Inside of the Jackal's Head. Again, open lines. Anybody who wants to call in and join the conversation, uh, 786-245-8127, call on in. Uh, again, you can look us up on Skype by looking up PSN Radio. And if you want to join the chat room, go to psn-radio.com. And uh, there's a little uh, link right under the player that says, Enter the chat room here. You click on that, and guess where you're going to end up? You end up in the chat room, man, with the rest of us. Come on over. Chill out with us. We're hanging out tonight with California Guy live on air talking about Superman versus Batman versus Wonder Woman versus Flash versus Aquaman versus Green Lantern versus Martian Manhunter versus the fans versus the critics versus the world. A terrible debacle has happened. Jesse Eisenberg is playing Lex Luthor. The world has exploded because of this news. This piece of casting. And when we're on break, we're actually chatting here about um, the possibility that somebody like Lionel Luther might uh, make an appearance in this movie. And it makes sense because, again, with uh, Jesse Eisenberg, and it's still funny to me that everybody was screaming for Heisenberg, Brian Cranston, and Jesse Eisenberg gets the part. But it would make sense that uh, Lionel Luther would show up in this thing. Uh, wouldn't a California guy, considering, like, like we were saying, uh, that, you know, casting this kid, who, and it's funny we call him a kid, but he's 30. You know, we're, I'm 36, or in your mid-30s also, but, you know, yeah. we call him a kid, but because he looks like he's 18, even though he's 30, let's be fair. He looks like he's 17 or 18. Like, he could, he could still play college-age characters. Like, he could, play a, he could play a guy straight out of high school, realistically. So... You know, we call him a kid, even though he's a thirty-year-old. But it really does feel like they're going the uh, Smallville route. So I wouldn't doubt if they have Lionel Luther in this thing show up somewhere. Uh, who would you uh, see as as Lionel Luther? Wouldn't it be funny if they get like uh, Glover to come back as Lionel well, Luther from Smallville? <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. Like we're sitting on break, and I had a discussion with a friend earlier today about Lionel. I'm gonna be honest. With you. I think that this Lex, and I know this is gonna stray away. This probably disappoints Smallville fans. But I think he's going to be self-made. I think that this version of Lex is not going to be inheriting money. Now, Lionel may be this abused there. Because, like I said, originally in post-crisis Lex Luthor, Lionel Luthor was a drunk. Now, I don't know if people don't know that. He was a drunk. He was abusing his wife and Lex. And so Lex killed him. Lex didn't right. took their insurance money. And, you know, I mean, no, he, what he did was he had a mechanic, a felon, to set up their car or something with the cables, snap the cables, and they would die in a car accident, and Lex was like eight, nine years old, and then he went and took the money, and he just kept flipping it. It's a book, by the way, if anybody want to get it, it, it's probably rare, it's a rare book. It's called The Unauthorized Biography of Lex Luthor. This is the origin of the post-crisis Lex Luthor. So it kind of explains the way his origin. Now, Smallville, they did a different thing. Smallville, they took the version of Lex from the 80s, and kind of morphed it into Lionel Luther. And then they kind right. of used elements of Superboy's Lex Luthor and made it into that Lex a little bit. Right. And it kind of mixed, mashed stuff in the Smallville. I mean, Smallville is like Batman 89. They just mixed a lot of stuff in it. They took a lot right. of elements. So it's not like it's, it's not like it directly really formed the comic book. Because a lot of stuff that together, Smallville, uh, Batman, it's other movies, even Spider-Man. Randy Spider-Man was a mixed up stuff. So it's not like X-Men or like Avengers. Avengers got direct storylines. That's Cloud Avengers got direct storyline, but Man of Steel. But as far as Man of Steel is concerned, 
uh, Eisenberg's legs, I think it's going to be, I still stick to the, the, the Zuckerberg type legs. I think he's 30 already, and he's probably going to be some genius kid. They're going to probably go with the, like Tony Stark. He's probably going to be like Lexburg, Tony Stark. man. Lexburg, Lexburg. I mean, Lexburg. He's going to be Lexburg, and I honestly think that, the way he looks. Yep. And it makes sense in that particular, and I'm not defending it, but it makes sense in that kind of world that they're making anyway, that Lex will be some young kind of scientist. Like he's 30, and it makes sense. He's probably been around for years. They probably have uh, 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 type biography type stuff, like time, and you probably get viral stuff on the Daily Planet saying that he probably was a weird kid at 15 and 16. So I think it's going to be a little different than Rosenbud. Rosenbud's like he's good, but I think this Lex is going to be a little bit different. He's probably going to be goofier. And a little nerdier, right. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit a little different than, than that Lex. Because Rosenberg's Lex was coming directly from comic books. Even though right. they combined some things with Rosenberg, they combined elements of different Lexes over the years. But I think this Lex here that's in this, this new movie is going to be really different. I think it's going to shock the audience. I think he, I really well, think that's why they picked them. It'll definitely be the the most different Lex that we've ever got cinematically on the big screen for sure. I mean, Gene Hackman, of course, did uh, his thing with Lex uh, back in the uh, 80s, 70s and 80s. And, uh, of course, uh, Kevin Spacey uh, did a debacle job in Superman Returns a few years ago. Uh, yeah. That was a horrible version of Lex. Uh, but it, that was, of course, a takeoff from when Gene Hackman did. Now, this is a complete departure. Again, we're, we're saying this could be something like Smallville, but still a little bit different, uh, a little bit nerdier. Uh, even in Smallville, there, there's no real precedent for uh, the Lex Luthor we're going to get, I think. Like you said, it's going to be something completely different, uh, something more modernized. But do you think the fans are ready for, like, all these changes, man? Because, look, not only are we going to get a completely, radically changed Lex Luthor, we're going to get a radically different Batman. Uh, obviously, Wonder Woman looks like she's anorexic. What's that about? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it just isn't shaping up to be anything that we recognize. And the, well, the, the thing, the yeah, but the thing about these characters and about these movies that you always want to get is you want to get them to look like they just stepped out of the pages of the DC universe or the Marvel universe or whatever comic book. You want to have that kind of feel where these characters look and feel like they did when you were reading the comics. I think which. But here's the problem with that, and I agree with everything you said. The problem with that is DC don't have a Kevin Feige. That's the failure of not right. having a yep. Kevin Feige type figure there. That Feige, and I know people probably will get mad at me, but Feige, he knows Marvel comics. That's number one. He's been a producer, and he knows Marvel books. He reads them, he talks to the artists, and he himself just knows it. Him and Jeff Lowe, but Jeff Lowe does TV. The problem with DC is Snyder is not Feige. That's the thing. People keep saying that Snyder is, he's a good director in some respects, but he's not a Kevin Feige still. He doesn't control everything. And Feige knows comic books better. He knows Marvel stuff. So they need, I don't know why they don't get Jeff Johns to just be like the Feige there, to be honest with you. He would be perfect to kind of run their, their stuff because he knows comic books. Or Mark Wade. I know it's radical, but I would even say get Mark Wade to run it. But um, they need to get like a producer that actually like you get Michael Usman. I wouldn't even mind Michael Usman because he knows comic books. But they're getting people that's directors that like familiar with some of it. But then they're they're doing what they're at. They're told to do. So well, Jeff Johns is now not to but Jeff Johns is now actually considered the uh, or he is the or labeled the executive producer on this movie, Batman vs Superman. So that's a good idea. It's a good yeah. idea. Well, I don't know. The, Was wasn't Jeff Johns also uh, involved in Green Lantern? He was, and I'm gonna tell you this. And, and, and that didn't turn out. That didn't turn out too well, did it? That turned out to be a disaster. No, it didn't. 
here's the thing with John. I agree, he was involved with that. They need somebody that's a comic figure. I'll just say this. They need somebody, not per se, that, see, John's is deeper to the industry. He actually was doing comic books and writing comic books and all that. Uh, they need somebody like John, but not really directly tied in. So I think he's never did artwork for Marvel or written stuff. He just knows the stuff. He has an encyclopedia of knowledge for Marvel. So they need an encyclopedia knowledge person for DC, and they can shape the characters on the screen. That's the problem. They don't have that. So they're going on what they know. They're trying to they, they're trying to go with what they think people like. So it's, they need somebody that's a, over, a, a cover here for them, and they need that fast before they implode. So they need they need that. I think that Snyder is trying to recreate some of the characters so that it could fit his visuals of how he wants to manage the universe, and maybe there's DC Cinematic Universe. That's what I really think. Could be, or maybe he's just mad they're making him throw all these characters together, and he's like, you know what? Oh, I'm gonna stick it. I'm gonna stick it to him, and I'm gonna just cast everybody wrong, piss everybody off, and this is gonna be a disaster. Well, Probably not. Like it's, 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 I know he's mad because he's. But that's what happened with Joe Johnson with Kevin Feige with Captain America. Joe Johnson, he didn't like what was told to him, and he dipped. And that happened with Kevin uh, Kenneth Bracknell also with Thor. So that stuff right. does happen. Yep. But they both dipped because they didn't like these kind of... But see, this was the thing. In a way, it's kind of glad speech did control it because you, it probably would have been way off base in some way. So in a way, you want to feel sorry for the guys. In a way, you're like, ah, whatever. You know, that's, you know, that's company business. So I don't know. I don't know. You know, people should just call in and ask some questions. That's what should happen. You know, um, let's look at some other big releases in 2016 uh, coming up. Um, let's see, Finding Dory, How to Train a Dragon Part 3, Independence Day 2, Ice Age 5, Planet of the Apes 3. Um, let see, Avatar 2 comes out in 2016. It's not looking good for 2016 for uh, for Superman vs. Batman. There's a lot of big movies coming out, man. A lot well, of big movies coming out. It was going to be good for me either year. Either year wasn't good because they had competition in, in going during those two years. So I don't know, the movie started not going to get together. They got to this is this is the, the whole kicker in the nutshell. And I'm just gonna say they got two years. It's no excuse from the fans that support this. It's not gonna be no excuse for Snyder. If that movie doesn't pull, if it does, oh man, I don't want to even know. If it makes like seven to eight hundred million, that's Thor money by the way. That's Thor Dark World money. But if it does that, oh man. Oh man. They they just need to hang that up. That would be horrible. I mean, would, would that be a, a, would you consider that to be a major failure if it brings in like $800 million oh, worldwide? A that's a flop. That's that, amazing. Let me tell you why. Because <laughs> they got three big characters in there, and it should be over $800 yeah. Now, people probably say, well, Kelly Frey got you raising the bar, but that's what they're looking for. If they weren't trying to look for that billion-dollar profit, then they would have made a total Superman movie. Right. So they're looking for a billion. They want to try to top Marvel. So and they even moved it up a year. So they got two years of excuses. I'm gonna tell you the game will be over with when 2015. I mean 2016 comes. The game will be over. Doesn't make that kind of money. It makes uh, Star Trek Dark uh, Into Darkness or Thor two money. Oh man, they just need to hang it up. That's gonna be a commercial failure. It'll be critically claimed and people will go see it, but that'll be a flop. That'll be just a flop, and it's not gonna be gone before you know. It ain't gonna stay on for Justice League. So that, they're telling him to go. And now, here, here, this is a question that we have to ask now. Let's say the movie does flop. And let's just say for, for argument's sake that it makes around the same thing Men of Steel made. 
it already is considered a flop because it didn't make a billion dollars. But they were shooting supposedly two movies back to back. Let's just say they do continue shooting back to back when this movie is released, and it flops. But they're still shooting the next movie, or they're still in post production with the next movie. What happens to that movie? Do you still? I mean, do they still release it? I mean, obviously they, they're still going to release it. Right? That's interesting. That's interesting. I'm gonna tell you that's why it's interesting because I, I said this. What they're going to do with Man of Steel is a, this is a test dummy, basically. It's like a test dummy. They're trying to combine different heroes, maybe Tanner, whatever they're doing. But if it flops, say Man of Steel flops, then they can say, oh, that's a super movie. They're going to still release a Justice League. I'm going to tell you what the end game is. They're going to probably release a Justice League around the time Avengers 3 come out. They'll be more emboldened to do that. They're going to clean up that mistake. So they'll just get rid of Snyder and Gore, but they, they don't want to use the Justice League name. I know we may kind of read sarcastically that it's, it's not going to be Justice League. But if they're going to do that plan, they just scrap the idea for a second. They're having a right. post-production, but they're scrapping for a second, and they didn't move it up. They just come out. They're not going to do solo. They'll probably just move it to Justice League. So they're still going to come out with a Justice League. That's what God So even if this movie tanks, I know people go like, oh, but if it tanks, then they're going to just make Justice League just all out. They'll probably just get rid of certain people. You probably won't see Ben or Cabell. They'll probably just recast them and then redo it again. But this is a way to... Say okay, Justice League then flop, but we're blaming on Superman. So there's one release no more Superman solo. That's the whole big game. I mean, do you think really they'll recast Ben and Henry Cavill if, uh, if this movie no. flops for Justice no. League? No, it probably is, not. If it's, no, I'm gonna tell you why. Because then that would look even more like a failure. What they'll do is just retune it. What, what they're gonna do is if the movie tanks or don't make that kind of money, they'll go, oh, okay, well we did, they did pretty decent. They'll go on and they'll probably give Ben his solo Batman movie where he directs it. Cadet will probably get her solo Wonder Woman movie, and Cabell probably will be like the Hulk. They're going to Hulk him and put him in Justice League. You'll never see Cabell get a solo super. We're just seeing it now. Now, people get mad when I say this, but Cabell is just like the Hulk, right? Uh, yeah. Buffalo's Hulk, and they're they, yep. they putting him in the movie because he can't carry a movie. So they're already putting him in a team-up movie. He's not going to get a movie again by himself. So I don't know why people is even thinking that he's going to get his own movie. Now, Ben will. Ben and Cadet, they're, they're cool. They're going to get their movie. Even if this movie tanks, they're, uh, they're going to cap their solo movie. They're just push those solos out. That's all. Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, man. If, if it's epically bad, and these two are epically bad in it, I don't think you'll ever see a, a solo Ben Affleck movie. Uh, look, that happened with uh, Daredevil. Everybody thought, oh, you know, at least it brought back money, it, it broke even, he'll get a second movie. No, he didn't. The word of mouth was so bad, the backlash was so terrible, uh, they never made another Daredevil movie. And it took him nearly a decade before he had another successful film. True. So, true. I mean, I mean, he really is walking on, on eggshells right now with this movie. He needs to nail it out of the park. If he doesn't, he could kiss his his leaving man status goodbye. He could kiss his uh, acting career goodbye at this point, uh, because I mean the fans would never let it go at this point. I mean the backlash has been tremendous, and if he actually does not nail this part, I can only imagine how much hate is going to receive, uh, because Batman is the most popular DC character right now. Let's let's just mm-hmm. face it. I mean Batman is the face of DC. So, I don't know. It, 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 it's going to be strange. I, I don't see them uh, going forward if this movie flops. But what happened about a, a decade ago in California? I remember the, a couple movies that came out a decade ago that shot back-to-back. They were guaranteed to be big blockbuster hits because they were coming off a big movie yep. uh, as sequels. Remember uh, The Matrix 2 and 3? Yeah. Remember those movies? Yeah, I remember that. 
Shout them back to back. They're like, oh, this is going to be huge, man. The Matrix uh, Part 2 is going to be an amazing movie, man. It's going to be uh, reloaded, and it's going to be badass. And the Wachowski brothers are, you know, doing it again. And movie came out. The fans hated it. But they already shot the oh. third one. And they have to release the third one. Once they released it, the box office was atrocious. It made no money at the box office. That is what I think might happen here. Because if they do shoot these two movies back to back, and uh, the 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 first one is a failure, a box office disaster, there's no way the third one is going to make any money. But they're going to have to release it anyway to to make back some money. Because I mean, if they're invested into this thing, uh, three hundred, four hundred million dollars, they're going to have to want to make some of that back. They're not going to just shelf the movie off together. So you might end up having that happen all over again, where they release the third one, and it's uh, another commercial failure, just like The Matrix 3. Wow. And that's the thing that they... I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think they're going to... I think that's a hard movie. I don't think they're going to do it back-to-back, because they don't trust that enough to even... You know, if it was like Avengers, if you said to me that they're going to film Avengers back-to-back, then I'd probably say, okay, but that's true. But that... I don't know. Let's think I have so much confidence... They, they would have that really, really, from the evidence I'm seeing with them moving the movies up, that just shows me right there they don't have confidence in their product, though. So why would their confidence bigger even with a back-to-back movie? That's the question I have to ask on that. So even if that's the case, they're not confident with even releasing in 2015. They're pushing it to 2015. And then they're going to throw it back-to-back? I don't think so. I think that that's, you know, I think that that's stuff that people probably want to see it's not going to happen. They're going to gamble everything on this movie. The plan is, I think, is to push Batman and Wonder Woman out with Superman. And if it's successful, they're going to just have a reboot and solo movie and a rebooted Wonder Woman movie. And probably another Cavill, probably, depending on how Cavill, probably another Cavill movie. And that's going to start their franchise up. I don't think that they're planning a Justice League at this point. Because Justice League is an epic task. They're already having a hard time just this movie and, and it's right. hard screen testing you have to have more because it's not Avengers because people keep thinking that you could do just like the Avengers you can't and here's why with the Avengers they cherry pick characters it was more acting in Avengers than anything else you didn't see CGI like that throughout the movie yeah you had the Hulk the Hulk came later you had to explode yeah, that was a little later you didn't see certain things that you've seen in the previous movies and Iron Man was easy to put in there because he didn't require much Loki was easy because, again, like you said, to see Charlie with CGI, but that was way later. But most of the movie was spent with dialogue on that helicarrier. Now, with the right. Justice League, you're going to you're gonna have to have them in costume. You're going to have to have a lot of CGI. They're not going to be stripped down like that. So you're going to have right. to have them acting. So that's the problem with the Justice League. Well, that's why I think they're going on. I don't really believe most of that stuff anyway about Justice League. I'm mean, going to I don't think there's going to be no more Justice League characters in the movie. I think that was it. I think that the top three is in there, and the villains is what I'm looking for, actually. But as far as other heroes, it's too difficult to try to merge them in with Batman and Wonder Woman and Superman. That would be really, really difficult. And then you got villains. So I don't see how they do that without looking goofy or like X-Men. How bad would it be if they don't announce any other villains in uh, Jesse Eisenberg? And Lex Luthor are the main villains, and we might get some other, you know, like low-level villains, but nothing major. Oh, that's why. Yeah, it's flopped. It's gonna flop. Now I can just tell you that it flops. If they don't have maybe some, villain, maybe the Kryptonians. He, he releases them from the Phantom Zone, so you have Feora back, like you said. But it's just that uh, Lex and Feora. And maybe Metallo. It might do good. It might, mm, but it's not gonna do the billions out there looking for. They want to have something epic. I'm gonna be honest with you. They want to, and I'm telling WB on the air now. See this. Get a Batman villain. Your movie's going to make money. Get a Batman villain. 
You need a bat. I don't care if it's Two Face or Riddler. You need to get. They have to put a Batman villain. But I still have the theory that a Batman villain will appear in the movie because they're not going to be able to get away with just using Superman. And the fans are not going to follow that anyway. You know, people love Batman more than Superman, so the right. fans are going to be like, they, they're not going to go for uh, yeah. Batman. <laughs> Yeah, not only that, not only that, like even the Dark Knight Returns. I mean, even that you have the Joker in there causing all the mess he caused, mm-hmm. and you know, and going through the killing spree and everything that he went through. So you still have that main architect villain in the Joker in that, you know, in that story. Uh, so you, I think you're right. You you do need that really hardcore villain to really sell this movie. Still, uh, just Eisenberg alone doesn't do it. Metallo, I don't well, think is a strong enough problem. villain. And, and here's the thing, and I know this is, people gonna get mad, but I'm sorry, Superman don't have no villain. Outside of Lex and Brainiac. And oh, I don't Brainiac know. I don't know about that. Doomsday uh, is a good villain. Uh, Dark Seed is a uh, Dark Side is a good villain. I keep calling him Dark Seed every time, but it's Dark Side. Yeah. He he's a good villain. Uh, Lobo's a good, decent villain. In fact, uh, Jason Momoa I thought would have been excellent for Lobo, and I know they were looking for him for Aquaman. I was like, what Aquaman? Are you kidding me? Like the guy looks just like Lobo. Look at the comics. Look at look the way he looks. He he looks like he stepped out well, of the freaking Superman. comics. There's an issue with that. Lobo's a hero. He could they could just put him in his own solo movies, really. Right. Either Lobo's a superhero. Dark side, you can use it for Justice League. Um, but Superman's villains, like his villains, like for example, Parasite. Come on now, come on. Parasite's not going to be in the cover of the movie. The cattle, come on. Maybe come on. Metallo is not a really strong uh, villain to really put in this movie. He really isn't. So, I mean, Brainiac, yeah, Brainiac would work. Uh, you know, actually, you know what? Jesse Eisenberg as Brainiac, I could see that. Yeah. That I, I could see. The movie sailed, let, me, let me say this real quick. Only way the movie was sailed, though, I think is Brainiac and Eisenberg kind of team up. Like, they did the AI storyline from the early 2000s where uh, Brainiac took over Metropolis with Lex, and he had his machinery, and he remapped uh, uh Metropolis. Now, I think that would be a stronger selling point if you ask me that the Brainiac uh, came to life, but then people say Avengers, though. So that's another issue. They'd be like, oh, well, this right. is Ultron. But if they did a storyline like that where, you know, uh, Eisenberg, Lex created, like, the, the, the Brainiac uh, uh, life form, and he decided to invade all the Metropolis, and then he had to involve Superman and Batman, that would probably be a cool storyline, too. But if this just Lex and some cheese pop villains, it's going to make some cheese pop money. So yeah. it has to be a Batman villain. <laughs> it is. If it's laughing some cheese or some crisps, nobody's going to pay attention. they got to have a... I'm telling you something. Nobody's going to watch that movie because there's more Batman fans than there is Superman. So nobody's going to watch a movie with Batman and Alfred and a Batmobile and maybe Gotham and maybe a Commissioner Gordon and not see a Batman Come on now. They're not going to do that. They're going to put a Batman in there. I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop and have Michael Sarah playing the Joker announced. That's what I'm playing. If 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 they're gonna have like if they're going with this casting already, just throw the Joker in there and give me Michael Sarah as the Joker, uh, give me Jonah Hill as the Penguin, and uh, give me Craig Robinson as uh, as Martian Manhunter. Why not? Just go for it. Let's go all obscure comedic actors. Screw it. This is Batman and Robin. This is Adam West Batman all over again. California guy, we're almost out of time, and unfortunately, we do have to go in a couple minutes. But give out uh, your your uh, blog talk show. I know that you do uh, the podcast, and I well, want to make well, sure that everybody knows about it so that you can uh, promote your own show. All right. Well, people are familiar that already follow or don't follow uh, California guy show on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, I'm on the PSN Roundtable show every week. So listen to me on the Roundtable show. But yes, I have my own show, the California guy show, which I will be coming to PSN. 
uh, in a few months. So don't, you know, Black Talk is cool, but I'm going to move my show to the um, PSN show. So you'll be hearing more from me in the future. But check out my show, The California Guy Show, where I talk about horror movies, exploitation movies, comic books. Uh, oh, and the Seahawks. Congratulations to the Seahawks. I didn't get a chance to touch yeah. that. Um, and just check out my show. We talk cool stuff, call in, and everything else. We're going to have some interesting guests coming on there. And I'm going to shout out to... Uh, the director, uh, Sean Weathers, by the way, we're going to try to get him on the Roundtable Show or the County Guy Show, one of the shows. Uh, another shout out to Zoid Express, which we're going to try to get on the Roundtable Show. Also, uh, two people, you so listen to the Roundtable Show. We have guests and everything else. Zloid. Um, Z- who's his, uh, what was the name again? Zloid? Freezoid Express. They're, they, those of them, they're directors. They're directors to America. They're actually YouTubers. They do a lot of YouTube videos, but they're actually horror directors. And, ah. um, I don't want to, and, and they got some pretty decent movies. I watched some of these shorts and everything else. So they, they got some decent stuff. And they're gonna, I'm going to try to see if we can get them on. They want to come on the round table. So it's just a matter of booking. I know we got guests uh, coming up. So, you know, they should be next on the line. But they really talk some horror and everything else. And Sean Weathers, I'm going to have him on my show because like, the content of his movies, he's a good guy. He's directed a lot of movies like Hookers with Bolt. I know this is a family PG show, so please don't look it up, kids. But literally <laughs> talking about that once I get him on the show. And please, yeah, when you listen to my show, be prepared that, you know, we got profanity and uh, hardcore movies be talking about. But it's Jackal's going to have to restrain me on the network, so we're going to probably put censors all around me, so. We'll see how that works. By the way, I want to give a shout-out to Zod Ryder, who's in the chat room, and he just uh, dropped a comment in there, which I think actually uh, makes sense. Eisenberg for Jimmy Olsen. That works. That works. Congratulations, Zod Ryder. Best info drop in the chat room of the night. Dropping a little nugget of info. Yeah. Good job, Zod. Zod Ryder. Uh, guys, we're we're done for the evening. Uh, California guy, thanks again for being on the show tonight. Oh, this is an impromptu episode of Inside the Jackal's Head. I uh, don't have a guest lined up yet for next week. Um, actually, I wasn't uh, really 100% sure whether we're going to do a show next week or not, but the next show that I do have lined up is for February 16th, where I'm going to have uh, Mary D. Jones and Larry Flaxman are going to join us on the show. Ooh. We're going to talk about their book, Viral Mythology. That should be a lot of fun. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That's my favorite topic right there. Now we're talking viral. This there you go. Viral society. Perfect. Correct. Uh, now, uh, guys, stick around. We're going to have uh, The Outer Edge on the network in a couple minutes here with uh, Mike Mott and Tim Schwartz. The Schwartz is going to be with us pretty soon. So stick around. It's been a fun hour and a half with uh, you, California guy. Thanks again for being oh. here. Guys, thanks for listening in. Stick around for the Outer Edge. We'll be back next week right here on Inside the Jackal's Head. 30 bridges, decorated with 30 pigeons. A vagabond begging for three pennies and a princess. A junkie tourniquet surgeon urging the needle in a patty.